Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. Right by Chance Show. Come talk all things movies, television, news, streaming, sports, all that good stuff. This is our first recorded show in quite some time. We haven't actually done this in a while. Our Beyond Our Stock episodes. Uh, then uh, I had my bouts in the COVID sweepstakes. I got it. <laughs> Don't laugh. You're still winning. You're still winning. I, I am. I was going to say our, uh, our gap in recording is longer than Dirk Diggler. <laughs> oh, oh, oh wait a minute never mind we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later my, my bad i was getting sidetracked there oh this is and now uh, speaking of dirt david this is of course this is our long-awaited i can't do math 25 year anniversary 20, 25th year yep uh 1997 like how, how the fuck did i screw that up because like that's i'm as old as this movie i should be um <laughs> yeah this should, this should be something i should be doing but um yeah well, let's scratch that. But yes, twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, we're looking at Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. This is the first PTA film we've done. Not yeah, yeah, which is really surprising because there's a lot of good good stuff out there we haven't touched yet. Exactly, a lot of great directors we haven't even like even talked about. He's he's one of them. So yeah, I'm happy happy to get into this. Uh, but before we do any of that, we're going to get into our Euro segments. Now, keep in mind we've been gone for two weeks. We're not going to cover everything we missed because this would be like a four-hour-long podcast, but we're all, we're all going to go over some of the highlights. Starting, of course, with the wonderful world of sports, uh, we did have some, some things drop, first of which in the world of basketball. we got to give a big congratulations to the NBA Finals champions, the Golden State Warriors. It looked, like, it looked pretty even then after game four, the Celtics started to suck very badly. Yeah, then we were back into, uh, yeah, just showing how dominant Golden State can be. So, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, look, they had a, it was a really better series for the first three games, for the first like three, four games. But then, man, Jason Tatum just started whiffing in the last two games. Yeah, looking like Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. He, he, he didn't look good. No. He really didn't look good. No, I really thought it was going to be a more competitive series. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate because uh, I wanted I, I get tired of seeing the same teams win. I was kind of rooting for Boston just because something different. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, congratulations to the Warriors. We'll see how next season turns out. Uh, now, in the world of free agency, uh, first of all, well, not free agency, technically, but just extensions because nothing's really happened as far as like people trading teams. I'm sorry, I should, I should rephrase. In the world of football, because we are technically in preseason free agency, uh, we did get some extensions and one one trade, which again the trade right now the trade actually two trades, two big trades that happened. Uh, one pretty laughable because the Bears uh, traded something, anything for Patriots wide receiver Nikhil Harry. <laughs> Uh, a guy that the Patriots uh, spent a first-round pick on that they have been trying to get rid of ever since they drafted him. Uh, but yeah, he was traded to the Bears for a seventh-round pick. I feel like they could just wait till he got released. I mean, yeah, you really didn't have to give up anything. They probably just would have not. They would probably just cut him. I think, I think they would have just cut him. Well, I don't know if they would have though, because their receiving core fucking sucks. Yeah, it's not. Um... Yeah, you can definitely tell that this is not a Tom Brady-led Patriots team. It's it's just bad, not not very good at all. I mean, they're doing like okay, but 
Yeah, I mean, but it's oof. Yeah, I think the problem is I think the problem is you're counting on you know Mac Jones yeah. out of these receivers. And I mean, look, he can he can check the down ball as well as Brady can. I'll say that right now. Yeah, but he hasn't done the making nobody's into something. You know what I mean? Of course, he hasn't played that long. So it's only one year, so we're not going to judge him yet. Yeah, so I mean, sit back, relax. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, he definitely doesn't have a uh, star-studded team around him. Let's put it like that. And uh, also being traded, uh, the Baker Mayfield Cleveland Browns fight has ended. Baker Mayfield will be playing next season for the Carolina Panthers. They really shelled him. I, I just feel bad because kid wanted to be there in Cleveland. Um, I just I don't know. I just think he got a bad bad end of the Absolutely. deal there with Cleveland, man. I, I just I really do. Uh, they just completely fucked this guy over. Um, like the, the literally the best cornerback, the best quarterback they've had is probably what, Bernie Kosar. I'd say even uh, who else was not Couch wasn't Couch was decent. I go. I'd say like Tim Couch, like Derek Anderson. I'd go with those guys because those guys still put winning seasons. I mean, decent seasons, I should say, or winning seasons. You know what I mean? Um, it's tough, though. Like, a guy that wanted to be there, though, that's a, that's a sad thing. Wanted to be in Cleveland. Um, didn't bring, all obviously, all the baggage that a Deshaun Watson brings. I get the, the caliber player that you have there with him. I get why they, they did it, but they did it just kind of in a classless way. It's, it was almost like LeBron basically leaving, taking his talents to South Beach type shit. You know what I mean? I, I think so. Just just how they how they did it. I would agree. I would definitely agree. Yeah. He really did big. But also, he kind of did himself the favorite last season playing with that shoulder injury. The key was, he looked awful last year. He did, but again, he's playing – like, again, but he's like – Showing you that almost like the Brett Favre in him playing when you're completely banged up, just giving everything you can because you love the team, you you love the city that you're playing for, and you want to go all out for them. You know what I mean? I mean, but still, it's it's it, during a contract year. Well, oh yeah, I mean, almost technically a contract year, but kind of is the end of his rookie deal. Uh, I mean, it's not something you want to go out looking. You don't want to go out looking like looking like shit. No, 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 no. But the thing about it is, like, he literally led them to their, their first, first playoff win in a you know in a long ass time, and on top of it, you know, beating a, a division rival, the Steelers. I mean, you know, that's that's huge. Um, uh, and literally, they're 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 a fourth down hold away from a, a, a on the Chiefs to to advance. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Chad Hattie season, baby, let's go. I had to say, I was gonna say. Michigan strikes uh, Chad Henning, man. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It really is. Yeah, he was traded for a sixth round pick. So I mean, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who just like <laughs> like dumbass Panthers. Here's the thing: Panthers don't really lose anything from this trade. First of all, it's just it's oh. just a pick. Uh, yeah. all, he's easily better than any QB they have right now. He's already. They're already. This is all win for the Panthers. I think. Yeah, like, like they don't really okay. Like, okay, like worst case scenario, Baker sucks. They're only out of day three pick. Yeah, he's playing with Matt Corral. Uh, yeah. they're only paying like half his salary, and they don't you know, pay half his salary. That only a day three pick. You can fire Matt Rule, which is probably going to do anyway. Yeah, and if he's and if he's good, then this is this is great because you can they have a piece to I mean, yeah, I mean, and and if if, if it does go to where he does be successful i mean I, I doubt they would do this but you could also bait him for a trade to get other pieces if you want but i, I 
wouldn't do that. This is the guy you kind of want to stick this guy around, obviously, to lead your franchise. Um, I, I don't see Carolina ousting him. I think that this is the guy that's going to probably lead you, I think, to the direction that I think, you know, your Cam, your Cam Newton was used to doing. That's two drafts, uh, rookie out of old Miss Matt Corral. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. He's a temporary, temporary engagement. Again, I mean, yeah, they, they, they went with the, uh, with the SEC type, uh, you know, quarter, hoping that they would, you know, catch lightning in a bottle. But uh, this kid's definitely not the uh, answer. Let me find let me find this from the picture. So uh, the Panthers traded away a second, a third, a fourth, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth to assemble a QB room of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Corral. Yeah, man. That's the last almost an entire draft. Yeah, seriously. What the last old miss quarterback uh, was uh fucking Eli. He was old miss, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was your last big, and then uh, also uh, Niners Patrick Willis was Ole Miss uh, Rebel, but uh, you don't get a lot of quarterbacks coming out of Ole Miss, you know? I mean, Matt Crowell looks solid, but, like, you know, he's, I think mean, he only got heat because this is, like, a, this is a weak QB. This is a weak QB draft. Oh, it was an awful QB draft. We've talked about that all, all like, year. There were, like, two really standout prospects, and then the rest is like, eh. Yeah, I mean, you're just – you're really – I mean, every year you're, you're taking a chance, but this, this year even more so you're – I mean, the, the 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 cupboard's bare. I mean, it's it's pretty much you know, pick pick anything you know. Regardless, Kenny Pickett will be our savior. Uh, but anyway, moving on to some extensions. Uh, Aaron Dodgers has restructured his contract. He is now uh, guaranteeing uh, guaranteeing even guaranteeing himself ninety five million dollars through the through the twenty twenty four season. Well deserved. Guy is one of if not the best defender in football right now. Uh, Super, Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cups on a three-year extension with to stay with the Rams. Uh, really trying to you know, keep that squad together to run it back, especially since they did lose uh, they lose Von Miller to the Bills. But yeah, money talks. Uh, Hunter Renfro got an extension with the Raiders. I believe it was a three-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to find the details of it. Uh, in the NFC East. Uh, Terry Wifesier, Terry McLaurin for the Commanders has signed a three-year, $70 million extension to stay with Washington, which, I mean, that's kind of that's the combination you get when you decide to play with Washington. Yeah, I mean, they'll just, yeah. That, that was their one big purchase, and then, yeah. And, and most importantly, overall, Steelers have, re, have extended safety Minka Fitzpatrick to a Four-year deal worth seventy-three million dollars, making him the highest-paid safety in league history. Well deserved, but will not be playing in Heinz Field. Will not be playing in Heinz Field. That's another thing we got to talk about. I almost forgot about that. Uh, Heinz Field, as longtime home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been renamed. It is now Aquashire Stadium. Some shit like that. They did the same. They've done it. I mean, if it's not a bank or insurance owned, it's not a stadium. Pretty much, is kind of how we've gone. Because uh, uh, speaking of like lo- local, I would say yeah. Obviously, I think what the Steelers have been there since one I want to say ish two thousand one. I want to say was their opening inaugural year uh, at Heinz. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Because and fun fact about that. The reason why I know that a chance, you ready? Uh, I was at the last concert 
at Three River Stadium, which was in sync. You ready? The first concert at Hinesfield, also in sync. Oh, shit. There you have it. A little, little fun fact for you. So if you ever get a little random slice of trivia there, there you guys have it. Uh, you're welcome. But um, you figure that's 20 years. And obviously with Heinz being a locality of uh, the Steel City, it's just it's kind of crazy that they wouldn't want to continue to have their name on the on the stadium. Just really weird. I, I don't know. That's like a crazy like shift for the Steelers, the Steelers franchise period, because like within within a year, they lost their longtime GM, their longtime quarterback, and they just lost and they just renamed the stadium. It's crazy. And I remember like even when um, Jacobs Field changed to Progressive Field where the Indians play was like a huge thing, too, because like it was Jacobs Field and the the Guardians, like all this shit that's going on now. I mean, it's crazy. Do you know, it's it's a lot of change going on. I don't like it very much, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I figured you'd be because yeah, that, that was a talk of Facebook uh, in, in, in my uh, yeah, neck of the woods. Sad. I'm sad because I want I always wanted to go to Heinz. I mean, I still want to go to the stadium because yeah, that's my favorite team. But I mean, I, I just wanted to go to Heinz, man. I will be there this year. <laughs> I um, every year my father in law gets me tickets to the Michigan game uh, of my choosing. Sure. Well, yeah, no, this year, but uh, this year they're playing uh, Tampa Bay, so I want to see Tampa Bay down there to see Mr. TB Legend uh, is playing down there in Pittsburgh this year. Tampa at home. Yeah, so I wanted to go because uh, I was trying – like, we were going to think either Pittsburgh or Cleveland to go to a game, but Cleveland falls on – it's the weekend of Thanksgiving, so kind of – we're going to be out of town. So I, so I think the Octo- – I think the uh, – it was the Steeler one. I think it's in September or October, but yeah. Yeah, well, that's gonna do it for our uh talk on sports. Now move on to trailer talk. We you know a lot of things drop. We're gonna focus on the biggest ones that haven't yet come out. Uh first thing we're talking about is day shift. So day shift is a Netflix film, it's one of their bigger releases this year. And what this film uh, essentially is is uh, it's a blue collar dad who provides for his family in the San Fernando Valley as a pool cleaner which is secretly a f- front for a union of vampire hunters uh, has a cast that includes Jamie Foxx Dave Franco, Megan Good and Snoop Doggy Dog himself uh, Russell what do you think of the trailer for Day Shift? I liked it because I didn't know what the hell it was. And then when he took the shotgun and shot the old lady, I'm like, holy shit. And then she turns into a, a vampire. So I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. Like, I, it was so unexpected. You know what I mean? Um, I knew Jeff was going to me this year. Didn't, didn't know this was what it was about. No, I didn't, honestly. And, uh, and yeah, um, Franco is just hilarious. And it's, uh, I, I like how he pisses his pants. I think it's funny. Um, and then Snoop Dogg with like a fucking, uh, uh, what is it, like a machine gun or whatever the hell it is, like a, a turret or whatever. It was just awesome at the end. Uh, yes, it's uh, from uh, director J.J. Perry, who is his first time as a director, but he's been a stunt coordinator on a lot of films like uh, let's see, Star Trek in the Darkness, Django Unchained, funny enough, which he did work on with Jamie Foxx, uh, Total Recall, the f- I know, okay, uh, Avatar. A lot, a, lot, a lot of things. The point is he's, you know, someone been around the stunt game. So this could be like a, a Sam Hargrave situation for Extraction where, you know, makes a really cool action movie and a lot of people tune in. I can, I can see it being a big, big hit for them. It looked fun. I mean, it, it looks like a mindless, fun action 
co- comedy. So yeah, it looks fun. And Day Shift is set for a release on Netflix August 12, 2022. Next thing we're talking about is for it, the next show we're talking about is for The Woman King. Uh, so The Woman King in the film focus, it's a film based on, I believe, a true story. Yeah, it was. Uh, so the film focuses on uh, General Naniska of the uh, Dahomey Amazons, an all-female military regimen for the Kingdom of Dahomey, and Nawi, an ambitious and who is an ambitious recruit, uh, depicts how they fought enemies who violated their honor, enslaved their people, and threatened to destroy everything they've lived for. Uh, this is a film starring Viola Davis as the Woman King, also featuring Lashana Lynch, uh, Hero Finds, John Boyega, and among others. And uh, funny enough about this film, the story of this film is actually by Maria Bello, like the Maria Bello. Really? The actress Maria Bello? Wow. I was surprised. Huh. Really? Like, actually, Maria Bello? The, the uh, Coyote Ugly's own Maria Bello? Coyote Ugly and Grub, uh, Maria Bello <laughs> did the story for this film. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Okay. Wow, but yeah, directed by Gina Prince, uh, Gina Prince Bythewood, who directed Love and Basketball, uh, as well as other things. Um, so what's Nick of the trailer for The Woman King? All right, now you're gonna, this is going to call me crazy, but honestly, it almost looked like a, like a Black Panther type film honestly like when i like when i was crazy with the feel to it you know what i mean like i just i was like i was like uh when i was watching the trailer i'm like it was almost like a like a female spinoff almost you know what i mean i got the vibe of it um viola davis looks badass in this film um it, it this this looks like a very uh, female-driven film, uh, female badass. You know, it, it it looks it looks fantastic. I really I really dig it. Um, I, I think that you know even the choreography of the uh, the fight scenes and stuff like that look really cool. Uh, it looks it looks fun. It looks really good. Yeah, no, I I think this looks really I think it's really solid. I think I think this has the potential to actually be a, a good Oscar contender if, if if it's good and if it holds up. Yeah. Uh, just because you know I I feel like it has that kind of prestige, historical, epic level. Of uh, you know I'm talking about like yeah, uh, so yeah I'm I'm definitely interested to see it and set for a release on September 16th, 2022. Next trailer we're talking about this one I almost didn't put on the list, but then I realized how well it was doing. I'm like okay we got we got we got put on the list. Uh, It's the first trailer for Hocus Pocus two. Hocus Pocus two is the long-awaited sequel to the original Hocus Pocus. Uh, Takes place 29 years after the events of the first film. And three high school students must work together to stop the Sanderson sisters who have returned to present day Salem. Uh, the movie features Bette Medler, Catherine Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker reprising their roles from the original film, uh, as well as uh, Doug Jones also reprising the role from the original film, with uh, some new cast members including Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso, Tony Hale, and Sam Richardson, among others. Uh, so the reason I brought I want to bring this up is because this trailer is actually kind of crushing it in terms of views. Like Russell, this trailer has more views in the first twenty-four hours than both seasons of Mando and the Book of Boba Fett. That's fucking crazy, man. That's crazy. a that's a huge call following, though. Now that I mean that that movie has really well, garnered all. Yeah, realizes how dedicated a following this film had, and it makes me wonder. Like, do you? Well, I mean, first of all, I'll ask you thoughts on the trailer. Second of all, I'll ask you, do you think this movie would have done well if it played in theaters? Um, I, I think it would. I, I honestly do because I think the fact is that we don't have a lot of 
family-oriented Halloween movies. I've always said it. October's a perfect time to release it. I know they're doing this at the end of September. Um, anything in the fall season, especially with, like, kids and just the fact that this is a huge cult following. You know, I mean, like I, like I said, it wasn't that big of a film when it came out in 93, but it, it, it feels like as the years go by, more and more eyes have been on this film, and it gets bigger and bigger. It's, it's really crazy. Um, but it's a fun film. I like it. Um, I, I saw it back when... Uh, I think like nine. I probably saw it back in '93. I was ten, um, and I, I've watched it again. And it's it's a fun film. You know what I mean? And I think they're doing themselves kind of a disservice to not put it in the theater. I mean, I, th- I think Disney Plus kind of helped push push it forward to actually get it. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it it is interesting thing. Just you know, because yeah, because like it is interesting how big the following for this film has gotten because. And I think because it play all it plays on TV every single October. Oh yeah, I mean like, it was always on Disney Channel. It was always yeah, on family, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's what what really did it. You know what I mean? And then you start like, getting uh, kind of like Christmas Christmas Story. Yeah, what? even Christmas Story on on TBS uh, twenty four hours on uh, Christmas Eve. You know, um, into Christmas. Um, you know, it's one of those things, but uh, yeah, I think I think this movie would have done decent in the in the theater setting, though, for sure. I think I think, I think that would have would have done well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if 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 it get if it crushes in terms of view, I think we could definitely maybe see a Hocus Pocus three. Who knows? But uh, either way, uh, this is set for a release on Disney Plus on uh, September thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Next trailer we're talking about is for. Well, speaking of Disney, let's let's go let's go to another one of their big releases for later in the year. Uh, we got the first trailer for Strange World. So Strange World is the upcoming film from Disney Animation. And uh, this is about uh, the legendary Clades, who are a family of explorers whose difference, it, uh, whose difference is threatened to topple their latest, most crucial mission. Uh, has a voice cast of Jake Gyllenhaal in his only second ever voiceover role. Uh, also featuring Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu, and Gabrielle Union. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Strange World? I liked it. Uh, I was a big uh, Jake Gyllenhaal fan, so uh, that was nice to hear him. Like kind of what you said, his second um, uh, voiceover work doesn't really do a whole lot of it. It's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> he just started. Yeah, which is really crazy that he hadn't done anything in the past, but um, it looks fun. I I, I can dig it. I, I, I like it. I like the whole... It almost has like a, uh, not a Meet the Robinsons vibe, but it has like that, uh, that, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It, it just, it, it, it's so different. You know what I mean? It's, it's so different and immersive, you know? I genuinely cannot. I, I like, I don't think I've ever seen a Disney animated, I don't think I've seen, well, I mean, there was Treasure Planet, but like, even this is like, like it's on a whole different level as far as, you know, like world design and, you know, just colors. I think, I think it's like aesthetically. This- Maybe like, yeah. Maybe like Treasure Planet meets Avatar type shit, maybe. Yeah, and I do like the whole like what was like a, like a whole like fifties film series yeah. aspect they're going for. I, I like it. Yeah, I like when they do different things. Uh, kind of think outside the box, not like what's you know popular or what's like the the you know what I mean. I like I like seeing some different stuff to it, and this this is a a whole different feel. So, yeah. Absolutely, and yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I'm always looking forward to new projects from uh, Disney Animation. And this is set for a release, uh, I believe it's coming out this is November.
November, if I'm not mistaken. Right around Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, yeah. these usually come out the, yeah, around Thanksgiving, uh, November yeah. 23rd, 2022. Yeah. Uh, next show we're talking about is for, well, speaking of long-awaited sequels, this is another one that people never thought we'd see, but yet here we are. We got our first look at the trailer for Clerks 3. So Clerks 3 is the sequel to Clerks and Clerks 2. Uh, years between uh, this and the last one, I think Clerks 2 was what, 06? 2006, yeah. Uh, yeah, 06. So, uh, cool 16 years. Yeah, no big deal. We've been out of the quick stop for, <laughs> for 16 years. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, Randall Graves, played by, played again by Jeff Anderson. Uh, he survives a heart attack. He gets a heart attack. He survives and he decides to make a movie with Dante about their lives, the quick stop. Now, the reason this movie didn't happen sooner is because is because of Jeff Anderson. Uh, he pretty much famous like he he turned it down several times and he wasn't working with Kevin. Uh, but, you know, things uh, things just happen. Things just like to where like, you know, he agreed to come back and do this. And I think, honestly, it's kind of better timing now because you, you get very much. You know, Kevin Smith did. He did have a heart attack. And I was thinking he obviously used that as a storyline for the clerk story. I was I would assume. So I think, I mean, timing kind of did work out better in that way because I feel like it's a much more interesting story. But yeah, I said Brian O'Hara and Jeff Anderson had to come back. Uh, Rosario Dawson surprising her role as Becky from Clerks 2. Uh, also coming back from the original Clerks, Marilyn uh, Gigliotti, who played Veronica in the film, and also Trevor Furman, who played Elias, as well as, of course, Jay Muse and Kevin Smith as Jay and Silent Bob. Among other people, I'm sure because you know Kevin Smith, he bring, he bring, he brings the people. So, Russell, what do you think? You ready for another trip to the Quick Step? I'm down, and we already get an Affleck uh, little cameo in there. So, uh, I was all day. I think it'd be hilarious if he was playing himself. Yeah, that would that yeah would be fun. Like he's playing himself, like he's he's down on his luck because he's not Batman anymore. Yeah, that, that, you could totally use that. Yeah, good. But uh, no, I'm down. Um, you know, I always like Kevin Smith stuff, so uh, it, uh, this looks this looks like a good time. Um, it's good to see the whole crew back, uh, and it looks funny, you know. So, uh, kind of curious to see what uh, sixteen years has in store for us, you know. I also do like the whole uh, the whole uh, end joke where he's he's gonna kill Dante. Yeah, I, I do like. Yeah, like you heard the story about how the original clerk was supposed to end, right? Uh oh wait yeah wasn't it supposed to end like that yeah the original clerks were, the yeah clerks, yeah yeah where, Don, where Dante got killed yeah that's right yeah but yeah and yeah Kevin Kevin was just like yeah if I did that it would it would have ruined the film and I agree yeah just let him go home yeah uh, we don't need our, we don't need Requiem for a dream type uh, endings uh yeah probably going to be touring because that's what as we does with a lot of these films it is gonna be touring so. Uh, it'll likely be a one-day release, which sucks because I do because I do want to. I mean, I'll I'll go pay it to see it in theaters, but I, I do wish these movies would start getting getting wide releases again. Yeah, for sure. I want. I'm curious. I, I hope they do one around Pittsburgh or Cleveland like they normally do. Well, because like you know, you, you have the fa- the fathom which goes everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he does tour it a lot. So I'm sure I'm sure he might, he might go to Pittsburgh. I'm not. Uh, you can't go and see it, but he probably up around there somewhere. Set for a release on September 13th, 2022. Uh, next, actually, the last trailer we're talking about, uh, Russell, it's time. It's our favorite time of any 
of, 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 of any year. We got a new Rob Zombie flick, Russell. I know, man. And, oof. and it's this. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've been talking for a long time about how Rob Zombie, for whatever reason, decided to make a feature length film about the monsters. I like making it a bunch of no. He wanted to make a monsters movie. We got the first trailer for it, and the internet has not been kind. No, I mean it's rightfully so. I mean, because oof, what does it look? It looks rough. This movie looks first of all, this movie oof, 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 oof. It looks cheap. It looks so cheap. Like we like we threw like maybe a couple hundred bucks at this thing. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this is actually what we didn't know was this is actually an origin story for the monsters. Is uh, we you see how Herman Munster and Lily Munster met, how they fell in love, how they started their, their Munster family life. I don't think we really need all this, but okay. But also, but also looking at Prince of Cash, I mean, you have people you, people you expect if you can collaborate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Philip, Sherry Moon Zombie, obviously. Uh, Daniel Robux in the film, but also you yeah, got Richard Brake, Sylvester McCoy, Jorge Garcia. Uh, Elvira's in the movie somewhere. And uh, also D. Wallace. Uh, so yeah, uh, look. Listen, I still got faith. I got faith. I got faith. But boy, boy, this does not look what happened with Sonic, though, man. So like, I know. You... right? No, you. Good <laughs> point. Because the first Sonic trailer, I mean, come on, horrendous. Like this thing has a notorious by chance commentary written all over this film. When I see this, I'm like, oof, man. Like. This Rob Zombie, guy who's just known for making these disturbing, disturbing ass films. PG. Wouldn't that be funny if it was all fucking front? This movie's like rated R, almost hard NC seventeen. That'd be that'd be hilarious. It'd be like the biggest, like, oh yeah, you guys are like, ha ha ha, you guys are making fun of me because this is a PG film. Oh, flip the script. Guess what? This thing's like a hard R. I guess I got some BS. Yeah, so, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. This is. This is almost like a. This is this reminds me of like an Eli Roth, the house with the clocks, right? And I I agree, but yeah, you're taking that type of step down from a hostel to the house of the clocks. Yeah, you're going from House of a Thousand Corpses to the monsters. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It's 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 a very strange step, and I don't know why he considering he doesn't have kids. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I, I still got faith. Um, I, I think maybe they wanted to tease it out to see what people were saying, and then maybe I, I don't know, maybe work on. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. The po- uh, point is, I I have faith, my, my boy Rob. I got faith. Boy, this, this doesn't. This does not uh, raise the faith levels up, though, man. I mean, it doesn't raise. It doesn't raise my. But I still got faith. I think it's going to be okay. I think it is. It's just it's a passion project. I mean, it's a passion project. He, he you know, I, I, yeah, I think we're going to be all right. We, we're going to be all right. I feel like I'm very curious to see how like people like us who are like fans of Rob, of zombies. Yeah. How we react to it. Well, cause like, that's the thing though, but his movies are so like divisive. Like it's either you're with it or you're, there's no in the middle, you either like it or you don't like it. Um, there's never right in the middle with Rob zombie films. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I like the House of a Thousand Corpses. I didn't really care for Lords of Salem. Um, I mean, I did, but I didn't. Um, I like Lords of Salem more than I did 31. Um, yeah, me too. It's just, I, I don't know. It's just like his movies. And 
you know, I appreciate the Halloween backstory. I like Halloween too, how dark and gritty it is, but I don't like the whole added of the, you know, the, the, the unicorn, the white horse or whatever. Um, there's just things I, I, I like and I don't like with his movies though. You know what I mean? But it's either you like it or you don't like it. I, I feel like there's never right in the middle with his films, you know? Um, we'll see what happens though. Like I said, I'm, I'm on board with, uh, I like them. I like the monsters to begin with. So, um, We'll see what happens. I, I just hope that uh, it looks better than what we got. Oh, uh, did, did, did you know that they actually like try to do like a ser- like a, gr- a quote unquote grounded version of the monsters? Yeah, but they were not. That's the whole thing that they're not. Re- yeah. Well, no, but like like they they tried to do they tr- they tried they tried to do a monsters reboot in back in twenty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember when they, I remember when they shot the uh, Monsters in Color. That was a huge thing. Because it was always black and white. Oh, you're talking about in 2012. They tried to tried to reboot it. Oh, but like it doesn't even look like it doesn't even look like the monsters. Like it had like Jerry O'Connell as Herman, Lily Monster. Uh, I'm gonna look this up though. It, but it wasn't even it wasn't even called the monster. It was called Mockingbird Lane. Oh, okay, obviously where they're. But like you look at the picture, this is like, was this supposed to be the monsters? Like, let me look here real fast. Oh my god, really? Someone, yeah, like the, the, uh, this. It almost looks like uh, Bates Motel, like advertisement. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that is right. With like the just with the poster. If you see the poster, yeah, absolutely looks like a Bates Motel type vibe. Yeah, I don't understand what the hell, like. <laughs> Is this like cosplay? This is like fucking cause. This is monsters cosplay. Well, like you see, what I mean, like they, they tried to like ground the monsters. <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah, really, really weird. That's really disturbing. I mean, okay, it'll be better than this. I haven't seen this pilot, but it'll be better. It'll be better than this. Oh, I, I would absolutely put. Did you see? You never saw the pilot to the, or you did? I, I don't know if it ever. I don't know if it ever aired. I didn't see it. Boy, that'd be something to try to get our hands on. Oh we, yeah, we. I want to try and find it now. But <laughs> now I'm absolutely curious about this cosplay uh, thing because it's like they hyped it up though because it was like on NBC. I saw. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm guessing it aired at some point. All new Halloween event, Friday, October 26th in 2012. So this did this absolutely came out. Oh, I, I I do wonder how like, if, if this was any good. Oh wow, we absolutely have to. I I'm really curious about this. Oh, it did air. Yeah, but yeah, I I definitely have to find this. We I gotta. I definitely. I'm very curious. All right. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, that's, that's gonna do it for trailer talk. We now move on to notorious. Uh, first thing we gotta talk about. We did lose some big. I mean, one massive name, but one another one that was big to us. Uh, first of all, we did uh, lose veteran actor James Caan. I uh, passed away at the age of 82 years old. Uh, I mean. Yeah, he was around for decades. Oscar nominated for The Godfather. Probably should have been Oscar winning for The Godfather, for being honest. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Sonny Corleone, yeah, just a hot-headed Sonny Corleone, man. He absolutely uh, should have. problem with the, with the first Godfather is they had, like, three Best Supporting Actors. Oh, that movie's just a movie stacked with... with... So I imagine the Academy just, like, had a hard time picking that year, so I mean, splitting the vote. I get it. I mean, I do because I mean the the movie is so damn. And I actually want I rewatched it again uh, because of it too, because <laughs> it got me in the mood, man. I was thinking about it. I was all sad. I'm like, man, I gotta watch it again. So, 
anyway, yeah, definitely just just stacked, stacked cast. Yeah, he had just this gravitas, like incredible, like tough guy attitude. Yeah, but also had like this, like a like a great emotional core to him. I mean, you look at his performances. I mean, like it was the Godfather, Elf, Misery, uh, Thief, The Gambler, Brian Song. There's just there, I there has not been another actor like James Caan, and there probably won't be another actor like James Caan, including the fact that his son is a fucking actor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Scott, you mean uh, Hawaii Five O's own Scott Caan, <laughs> Rub- ready to rumble's own. Yeah, like he's in the category of like one of those like that, that like one of those actors who like I feel like people took for granted for granted for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it was crazy because like even an elf, he was in his seventies or well, no, was he in his seventies? Yeah, no, he would have been in his late sixties. But um, it, it was just one of those things where we just didn't realize it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now we're going to watch Elf without Ed Asner and James Conn in it now. Do you know what I mean? It, I think the surreality of that too. Um, but just like like you said, man, a misery. I can't think of another, you know, Paul Sheldon, man. Like uh, he was just fantastic in that film. Um, yeah, can't, such a, can't all the attention for that film, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, Scott Conn, I think he, he had to take to, you know, take that on himself. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. He had to play the protagonist to Annie Wilkes' antagonist. I mean, I, I just thought it was such a great film. Um, it's a Hitchcockian-type film, Misery, you know? It, is, it really is. But definitely, definitely one of the better Stephen King films. Oh, absolutely. One of my – I would put that up in the top five easy, for sure. I, I, I might be inclined to agree on that one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Recipe is James Conn. Another actor who recently passed away. This one's uh, – this one, I think, pain, pain to both of us. Uh, yeah. Mr. Tony Sirico. Uh, who most people would know for his role as, I mean, most people probably only know him for his role as Polly Walnuts. Surprise, yeah. uh, a guy who was actually a real life, a real life criminal yeah. uh, who became, who became an actor. Yep. And I think, I think it's one of my favorite stories. One of my favorite stories about, uh, about Tony Sirico is that uh, he agreed to do Sopranos only under the condition that his character couldn't be a rat. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, this is a guy who just, I mean, as Polly Walnuts, he was just, he was incredible. Yeah. I mean, definitely drove a lot of those episodes. Uh, you always liked seeing his uh, arrival on an episode. And he always, you know, every, anytime that his character was on there, you always watch, you stopped, you know what I mean, just to hear what he had to say. Uh, def- like, under Ray, like, he was, he was super funny, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, such this, like, such this incredible talent. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Like this is the year of like the gangsters going down, man. Yeah, like Ray Liotta, James. Conn, yeah, Rico. Yeah, like there's so many like famous like people who are famous like mob TV TV and movies just passing. Yeah, it, I mean it is a bit of irony, but it does suck, especially but Tony Sirico, especially because like this is a guy who anytime he pops up in anything, even when one of the Sopranos, I was always happy to see him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Tony Sirico, rest in peace. Again, you're part of one of the greatest TV shows of all time, and you will not be forgotten. Uh, that's going to uh, when that's not going to do for Tori's news. We're going to move on to some actual news. Uh, we got some box office stuff to talk about. Uh, two very, very opposite stories. Uh, first of which, we got to talk about the unprecedented success of Top Gun Maverick. 
Like, I mean, I, th- I, look, I've been saying for years, someone's going to change the world. I wasn't serious. <laughs> I was not serious. It's going to smoke that light year number one spot that you had, huh? Well, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Top Gun Maverick is currently crushing it at the world. Yeah. Uh, currently sitting at $1.2 billion worldwide, making it the highest grossing film of Tom Cruise's career and the highest grossing film of the year, period. This is craziness, man. I never... This almost 40-year-old sequel to a movie. Yeah, we had this thing. Like, not only is this movie... Bottom half. Not only is this film great, but it's fucking crushing it everywhere. Yeah, and we definitely had this thing on the back end of our top 10, I think. We both did, and for our, insul- and for our insolence, we do apologize. Yeah, but I mean, like, it was one of those things where I, I just... You, t- you would have told me that there's 1.2 billion. I, I'm thinking like Thor. I, think, I, I uh, never, I never would have predicted this movie to be a billion dollar film. No, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, Thor still, you know, just got released. You and I haven't seen it yet, right? I, I, have, I, I have not seen it yet. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it, it, this is gonna be a crazy, it's gonna be crazy to see how the summer shakes out here. Did fuel. Uh, talks for a sequel for a third Top Gun. Craziness. Yeah, uh, they said it's up, it's up to Tom, so if he decides to do it, they're going to do it, but I mean, I feel like even without Tom, they might do something. I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to, like, doing a movie with, like, the young crew, if you know, bring in, like, yeah. and Hangman, Payback, yeah. and all those dudes. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down. Yeah, I mean, look, I would... Definitely like to see more more films because I, I feel like we don't have enough jet centric action movies in the world. No, um, unless we get a sequel to the popular film Stealth. Uh, um, I think that we could uh, the one that Incubus sang a song for. But uh, I would uh, I would be okay with that. No. Uh, but on the polar opposite spectrum, yes, uh, we did allude to the movie that I did pick to be the number one film of the summer, uh, <laughs> Lightyear. Uh, bombing on a level that we have not seen since the likes of Good Dinosaur. Not, but it's, and, and I don't know, like, because I've been reading on Twitter and stuff like that. I don't think it's very political, though. I don't understand what the whole. You, you saw it, right? I saw it, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I took Ella to go see it. I didn't feel anything political about yeah, it. Like, there's like, there's like one scene where two women, where two women kiss, but that's about it. But I mean, this is the product of the. I mean, this is the product of the times that we live in. I mean, I wasn't like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Like, um, like hydra, like hydra. Yeah, I didn't show it, Ella, and Ella never even questioned it. That's the greatest thing about it, because like, I don't think she, she doesn't. That's the thing, though. She doesn't. Um, she has nothing to base that on. You know what I mean? So she, I mean, let her make her own inferences with it, you know? But yeah, you know, uh, the same sex kiss did gain a lot of, did get catch a lot of heats. But even though, you've seen pics that, like Disney made them, like, like, like the last Star Wars film had, had, had a same sex kiss and that made a billion dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I'm not, I don't know. I just think people get really soft with this stuff or just like want to just spew things that they can bitch and hate about. I, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. But, hey, but also like, I am surprised this movie is doing as poorly as it is. Yeah, I, I just don't know. And then, and then, then the, there was that news about what Tim Allen wanting to like. They never, I don't know, something with Tim Allen wanting to or come back to to, to voice that. What, what he was like, 
I think it was like he, he never he never he, he didn't watch the movie, which or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure what he said about it, but this, this is all meant to be like a different take on the character. So, I mean, of course, I'm not going to ask him out to come. I'm not going to ask him out to come back. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and I, I was kind of pissed, at it, but to me, but to me though, I don't really, I don't know. It's not like I, I hate on you know Chris Evans reprising. I don't really, no, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just saw it recently. I liked it. I think that it's got definitely got a lot of issues with it, but I would have liked to see a sequel. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, much better sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with it. I don't I don't hate it as much as I think everybody else maybe doesn't care for it as much. Um, I don't know. It was really, really crazy. Like it's, it's strange because, like, you look at if you, if you presented me like with these two movies, Top Gun Maverick and Lightyear, and you told me, okay, one of these films is going to make a billion dollars and the other is going to flop. You pick which is which. Never would have picked. No, you're going to pick Lightyear to take the billion dollar crown, man. It's uh, it's a surefire thing. It's Pixar. I mean, it's it's a surefire. It's, it's, it's the last two big temple Pixar films came out in the summer. We're both number one. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. uh, I I really would hate to think that a, a a same sex kiss is the reason why it's it's not making money. I, I just I just don't think it hit uh, audiences like it, it, they were expecting it to. Um, I don't know. Despite despite, despite the underperformance, however, uh, Lightyear is still holding at six for uh, <laughs> the, the summer box. <laughs> Elvis is gonna fucking top Lightyear. I still haven't seen Elvis. So oh, please go see it. I mean, I'm gonna see it eventually because I've, I've been so behind. I know, I know, but I, I am too. Because listen, come on, I, I went and saw where the crawdads sing tonight over other movies that I could have seen because I'm waiting for my wife. My wife wants to see Thor. I'm waiting. So you keep you keep saying that, but you're gonna keep waiting, and you're never gonna see it. And that's the shit that happened with Elvis, man. And I ended up, she just said, end up, she was just like, go see it because uh, I know you want to go see it. I'm like, yeah, I put it off for like three or four weeks. Like, I, I want to see it now. Yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to give her benefit of the doubt here with Thor. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of, it's just, just a wild, wild story at the box office this year. Yeah. And you know, we're not, we're not, Summer Box Office is not done yet. There's still some big movies to come out, but. Yeah, it's looking like our predictions are not going to be sound for the, for the year. As long as I get Black Phone on the top 10, I'll be happy. Um, I put that in the top 10 with Elvis. I'll be happy if those currently sitting at eight with 66 million. Oh, so that's that's gonna get wiped off. Yeah. I think I had a if if it could it could like hang on for a 10 spot, potentially for a 10 spot. Uh, I don't think we've got a couple other movies out there that's gonna but uh, moving on to our next story, uh, we're gonna talk about Revolver, which is an upcoming film that I found out about that I do want to talk about. Uh, so Revolver is a movie that is going to be that is going to star both Ethan and Maya Hawke, you know, little little father little father daughter movie duo right here, uh, and basically going to be about a woman who breaks into a hotel where the Beatles are staying at during the '60s. And the interesting thing about this is actually going to be directed by Andrew Stanton, who directed, you know, Pixar director, directed Finding Nemo, directed Wally, has not directed a live action film since, you know, when? I don't know. John Carter. Oh, oh, Texas Forever. 
His first and only live action directorial, directorial effort. Oh man! So uh, he's clearly scaling it back. You know, taking uh, you know, taking a smaller approach for his next film. Uh, so, what do you think of the of the uh, you know, what, what do you think of the revolver? I'm down. I, I like it. I like the concept of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm down. And anything with like music and stuff like that, tying things into that, I'm 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 down for. And obviously, you could get the Beatles on. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I like the I like the prospect of Andrew Stanton getting another chance to be a live action director, just because. You know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate John Carter. It's it's not we 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 did talk about John Carter in one of our episodes. We did. That was like a long time. That might be the retro feed. Yeah, it might be the original feed. I'm not positive, but we, we definitely did do John Carter at one point. We did. Um, Taylor Kitsch is still badass, and is he? Yeah. I mean, Friday Night Lights, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, maybe not movie choice, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. Well, so yeah, uh, I understand coming out of retirement for did you do a live act coming out of live action retirement. You know what else coming out of retirement, Russell? That's one Miss Cameron Diaz. What are we talking about? One half of Good Charlotte's uh, wife. One half, again, half a good, no, half a good Charlotte's brother's wife. Half of Good Charlotte's brother's wife. Yes, I, I, I had to, I just blurted it out. I said Good Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, um, after a nearly ten-year hiatus from filmmaking, Cameron Diaz is coming back to do a Netflix movie, uh, called Back in Action, which is wasn't her last one. Bad Teacher. The last one was Annie. The the remake of Annie. Ooh, yeah. I didn't, didn't check that one out. Yeah, but the, I, the funny thing is, uh, her co-star in this movie is going to be Jamie Foxx. Her co-star <laughs> in the last movie, and Annie was. There we go. Annie's own Jamie Foxx. Uh, yeah. So Cameron <laughs> Diaz being back to filmmaking. Are you excited? Sure. I mean, I've always liked her and anything she does. Uh, majority of the things she's done. Um. Really disappointed about the box. Just a random, just a random blurt. Did not like that movie, man. Listen, by the box. Did kind of say because like my wife and I. This was a long. This is when we were at the old house, but um, I had never seen the box, and I'm like, I want to watch the box, and she says this movie's not very good. You know, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, and we watch it. I'm not a fan. The movie was not good at all. Very bad. That's such a random thing to be angry at. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm really angry at the box. I just didn't like it, man. I remember, again, it was one of those trailer looks better than the actual product. And I don't, I got snowmanned on that again. Ah, yeah. Is that but, what we're uh, now when we, when we get to get off together for a shitty movie, which we're called getting, getting snowmanned? I think, it, I think it is. And it comes at night. I'm still going to, I'm still going to go ahead and argue that that got, that was a snowman. It was a snowman oh, trailer. No, 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 snowman was way worse. Snowman was. Oh, and it, no, I'm not. I'm not saying worse, but I thought it, it, it comes at night was not what I got out of the trailer. Wasn't 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 as advertised. Was pretty common for a 24 horror film. Let's be let's be real. But yeah, but yeah. Anywho, sorry. Yes, looking forward to Cameron Diaz coming back. Um, just as long as there's no a box. box two. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, what we get is Cameron Diaz, <laughs> but but she's only she's only doing is make the box two. I mean. If, if if it's if it's because they're making the sequel to make the original one better, then let's let let's do it. You know what I mean? But um, no, I liked Bad Teacher. I liked um, what she was in. Se- wasn't she in Sex Tape? She was. 
sex tape. I mean, I like her. Like, she's good in when she's Last year she was working too. Sex tape, yeah. And I like inner shoes was good. I mean, like, there's she's good when she's good. I just, I don't know. Like I said, there's just some that are just. Uh, but it, but it'd be nice to see her again because it's been like how you said, ten years and yeah, ten years, yeah. Let's get some Cameron in our lives. Uh, well, you know, speaking of getting some Cameron in our lives, uh, we are getting a lot of Cameron in our lives this coming December because oh, 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 I know where you're going with that one. I think I was hoping you were going to say like Cameron Crowe's coming out with something. I was like, come on. I do, I do wish. Damn it. We also need an apology for Aloha because that movie was bad. Still uh, never saw it. It's, it, was, it. You're not missing much. <laughs> Uh, Cam- James Cameron was in an interview saying that Avatar 2 is three hours long. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be a heavy film, so... i just now dreading the release of this film. Yeah, I mean... I was dreading the release of this film before, before any of this happened. I know. I, I mean, it... It's not a surprise, well, though. Here's my question. Because what, what, what's the runtime of the first Avatar? Two fifty. Yeah, because like, because like, it's not, it's not that far. It's not that far off. Is I think it? it's like two forty or two fifty. Oh, uh, one sixty-two, so two forty. Two forty, yeah. <clears throat> um, twenty. Okay, but here's my question. Because here's the thing. Sure, you can point to Endgame, which is three hours and made almost three billion dollars. Yeah, they earned they earned that run time. Oh well, yeah. I mean, look at look at what you had. I mean, you're 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 twenty plus movies for sure. You think like you know, audiences are more, more, more forgiving to that runtime. Do you think audiences are inclined to be as forgiving for a for a three hour Avatar sequel that's like ten years too late? I mean, and I don't know. To me, it's like I already kind of knew. I was already kind of expecting a heavy runtime, um, just because the first one was like two forty. So, I mean, that that's not a surprise for me. I don't know if other people. I don't know where they're at on that. And I'm very, I, I'm very curious, this draws a line for some people. It might, uh, but then you get the other people that are, you know, they like the first one. Like, I mean, I like the first one fine. I know it gets a lot of shit, but uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what Cameron, you know. 13 years removed from the from the first one you know what i mean I, i'm kind of curious to see what we got let's 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 you know what i mean let's do it i mean i understand we could have would have should have should have done this thing a lot sooner but here we are 13 years later we're getting it let's just you know, let's just try to enjoy it you know i don't know he also said that he there is a good chance that he won't direct avatar four or five okay so you know kind of like a lot of things he does where he gets really involved and then he just pass it off to somebody else but I, it's kind of weird though, because like you've been so passionate about this for 13 years to try to get a sequel, you should be more. Alita was like a good, a good uh, showcase of that. Where like he, he really wanted to do Alita. He was really excited about it. But then you know he just pa- he just passed off to somebody else. I liked Alita, by the way. I really did. Fine. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I I think I'd be looking at Rodriguez to maybe direct four and five. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because they they do have that working relationship. I do think he's a good bet to be the one to direct four and five. Could yeah, I could see that. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I think he's really pushing. I think he's really pushing audience patience, both with the long wait and with the long run time. And also, yeah, yeah. Sigourney was playing a teenager. 
Uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, that also got announced. So Gordon Weaver is coming back for the film, but she's not playing Dr. Grace Augustine. Uh, she is playing Jake Nateri's teenage daughter. Yes, a woman in her 70s is playing a teenager. This is, yeah, I don't know what, what we're doing here, but sure. I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel like he just didn't tell. I feel like he just told Sigourney he was, she was going to be the same character, and then, ha ha, ha I'm just kidding. Like, oh, it actually, hold on, work. Uh, just d d h d h d h d h d h. There we go. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is still currently coming out and is set for a release on December sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Uh, next story we're talking about. Let's take a look at what we got here. Uh, Russell, it's your favorite subject in the world, buddy. Oh boy. Well, Disney, <laughs> Disney no more live action films. to remake. Uh, they're gonna. Re- I mean, we're we're gonna hit a point where it's like they're not. They've already done it. We've gone to the well. We've done everything we need to do. Well, uh, they haven't done this one. Hercules is is up next. Uh, and Hercules has already got a director in mind. Uh, Guy Ritchie is signed. God, are you serious? He's going to be Disney. Is he going to be Disney boy now? I guess so. What is he doing? I And it's so funny, though, because it's like Aladdin is the most un-Guy Ritchie thing ever. Nah, Rath- I think Wrath of Man is more un-Guy Ritchie than... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, when you're watching vibe-wise, Wrath of Man, yeah. But it's just like vibe wise. I'm just like, yeah, Guy Ritchie did this, and I liked Aladdin the live live action though. So I did too. But yeah, yeah I, so it is just strange that like, like okay, we need someone to write the live action Hercules. Go get Guy. Let's go get Guy Ritchie again. It's Guy Ritchie busy. Yeah. Go is get he him. gonna be? Is he gonna be the first one to do two live action films? I wonder. Is it? Oh. I wonder if I wonder if he's gonna be the first oh, one to. Oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton did. Oh shit! With the Alice in Wonderlands. Alice, Al, well, no, he did Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo. Oh, that's right. He did. He did do Dumbo. Never mind. Cool. Okay. Never mind. Damn it. Thought we were on to something there. And Favreau. Favreau did too. Oh, Favreau did Jungle Book and uh, fucking what's it called? The hell? Uh, yeah, Lion King. Oh my god, he did the Lion King. Well, did he do Lion King or did he just like watch the original cartoon? <laughs> I mean, he did definitely direct actors. To- oh, okay. I, I just didn't know. I just okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and I and that's and that's the shitty thing. I was looking forward to Lion King more than I was Aladdin, obviously because like you, Lion King's my favorite, and yeah. So, so live action, I like Li- or Aladdin more. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, looking at the upcoming slate, they got Pinocchio this uh, later this year. They got Peter Pan and Wendy, which is supposed to release this year. Uh, they got Little Mermaid, which is next year in development. They got Snow White, Hercules, and I guess they're doing Hunchback. <laughs> I was going to say, you have to do Hunchback. Quasimodo is definitely out there for the taking. Hunchback, uh, Lilo and Stitch, which just, which just got a director. Uh, and uh, Robin Hood, which I don't know why we're doing this. That's, that's all animals. <laughs> this is nuts, man. It's kind of wild. I, 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 I was looking at their slate. It's like, you're running out of things to remake. Like what? What happens when they've remade all their movies? This is not good. They're gonna have to create more stuff to remake. I I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, I mean, they've got the good current. They're gonna have to like remake their like the two thousand like, like you know live action live action Atlantis Lost Empire. A lot lost. Like yeah, Treasure Planet. Uh, 
Actually, Treasure Planet. Tre- Treasure Planet. And then you got to go through all. That action Moana. Live action, live action Ryan the Last Dragon. Live action Frozen. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, live action Emperor's New Groove. Uh, live action Chicken Little. We just, we just, it just goes on and on. It's just a cycle that just never ends. Yeah. Like, like yeah, thinking is like, Little Mermaid's the last, like, their big four that they haven't done yet. The big four is, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Aladdin. Little Mermaid. That's Lion King. That's the last one of the big four they haven't done yet. And that movie's going to crush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 do, I just do, I think this is, like, a, a hilarious, a hilarious cycle we're in right now. We're just like, okay, this, okay. This is the thing we drew, we drew on paper. Let's, let's, make, let's make it real. And you know what the idea is, because that's going to take roughly, what, 10 years. And then in, in the meantime, they're going to have 10 years of cartoons come out or animated remake to, re, to remake. So they have the buffer. These fuckers, are, they're fucking with us right now. No, they, they, they really are fucking with us. They are. I'm saying, like, by the time they do all that live action shit, then they're going to, like I said, they're going to have a decade more of animated stuff that they've just made from, like, 2022 to 2032 and then we're gonna live action that shit oh this is not good yeah oh and they got the director of marcel the shell with shoes on to direct lilo and stitch that looks really good i'm i really do want to see this i have that i I do want to see that i really a24 just continuing to do the things that they need to do yeah i mean shit this this is yeah this is this is Loki. It's like a, it's Loki, like really hilarious. Honestly, <laughs> I can't. Oh, no more. It's uh, never gonna stop though, because like I said, it's that's what's gonna happen. No, there's no. We we we're, we're in a cycle now. We can't we can't stop now, Russell. It's like fucking Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, 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 and, and you're right too. Like like once once they're done with all the like the classic animated, it'll be. Ten- I'm telling you. Yeah. And they're, yeah. Then yeah. And it'll be it'll be enough time for. 2032. Oh yeah, 10 year anniversary of whatever came out in 2022. We're gonna live action that. I'm like, here we go. We're gonna do the same stuff again. I I, I would like to see a live action Lance Law's Empire. I think that I think that would be, would be really good. I just don't know anymore. With you know you know they're getting definitely they do live action Home on the Range. Yeah, then it really they're, they're just shooting somebody's farm. They're like they should they're moving the lips higher. Like, I don't. Like Mr. Ed, where it's like but yeah. Oh man, <laughs> this is just not good. Not good. You know what else is probably not good? Yeah, after boy. a lot of discussion, after a lot of talks, after a lot of soft confirmations, we finally got a hard confirmation. We are getting a sequel to 2019's Joker. Uh, but Russell, <laughs> wait, there's more. Uh, we got it. We got a title. Uh, Joker Folly Adieu. Uh, which already makes me hate this film. And what, uh, wait, is this a is this a Fallout Boy album? I like this bit, but you you're, you're gonna like this, and you're also gonna hate this bit because it's reported that Lady Gaga was in negotiations to star as Harley Quinn, and it's part of the movie is going to be a musical. See, I like I, I like Lady Gaga though, man. I don't know. Here's the thing: we all saw what ha- we all remember what happened last time Joaquin Phoenix sang in a film. No, thank you. He walked the line. I liked Walk the Line. Right, but I just I don't like his singing. Oh, I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I thought it was okay. It was better than Russell Crowe and Les Mis. I mean, that that okay. Come on, that's that, that that bar is the floor. I know. 
Um, I don't know. Like that bar, that bar is so low it's underground. I don't know. That's not keep fair. it up. Keep it up. We'll get James Corden in there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is an interesting concept, man. I don't know why. Just because, like, I feel like, I feel like we just did. I feel like we did. We did it already. Like we're done. Like we, we don't need any more Joker. But if we're gonna do it, let's just continue to do how how we did it. Like the Todd Phillips Joker. Let's continue to do it. You know what I mean? I feel like it's. I don't think. I, mean, I, don't, think it, I don't think it got its point across. Kind of my problem with it. But even that, I think it accomplished what it was going for. Yeah, I, I mean, it was fun enough. We really need like, oh wait, but there's more. I mean, and I don't think like it was a good Joaquin performance. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if it was Oscar nominated shit. Like we're also just we're also just both really partial to uh, our boy Adam and Uncut Gems. That, but on top of it, if I'm gonna go something where I've seen like completely like a Joaquin Phoenix role to where he he crushes it, the fucking master. He's excellent, the master. He is excellent. The, the fucking master, man. I it's just you can't. I think he puts a better performance on in the master than the Joker. Like I just. I don't know. I just and and Adam said like, anywho. But the point is, I think the last. I don't. I don't think we really need a Joker sequel. No. Yeah. No. It, it, it felt like we felt pretty wrapped up, but also it's like, I, I don't. I don't really need to see a Joker by himself. I mean, I'd rather. I'm gonna see a Joker. I see him fight Batman. <laughs> and yeah. I want to see the, I don't. I don't want to show about Robert Pattinson this guy's ass. Yeah, and I and I don't know like singing. I don't know where did this come from. I don't even want to see Robert Pattinson beat his own Joker's ass. I don't know. I like I said. I just don't want. I don't know why we're doing singing. I don't know where music came into the thing and being. Hey, this is a good idea. Do you know? I mean, we have a Harley Quinn. We have Margot Robbie. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. I, this is just craziness. I remember when? Uh, I think it was. Oh, crap. I don't remember when. But I think it was. Remember that? Like, there was going to be a Harley Quinn at some point. Like, Madonna was going to play her. Oh, I think I remember that. That was a while ago, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know which '90s Batman it was, but they did try to bring. Well, no, it, it would have had to have been like a Batman like Returns type deal. No, because yeah, cause it would have had to have been after the animated series because when she debuted. Okay, so I think this was like for a, a a reboot of Batman that never happened. So this had to be like probably after like Batman Forever. Probably. Okay. Yeah, they were, they were trying to do Harley Quinn. Like Madonna was going to play her, so I, I guess they're trying to bring in another another pop singer. <laughs> yeah, then they realized Madonna's like out, like in the '90s, like she wasn't as big as she was obviously in the '80s. She's still a name, not and then 2000s. Like people kind of just forgot. She's really not a name now. Yeah. Um, you know who else is not a name? Who? Army Hammer. He's selling uh, timeshares. Did you see that shit? He saw her like. <laughs> hotel or some shit in the, in the bro we, we just count on the fucking podcast now <laughs> like a hotel or some shit in the cayman islands in the cayman islands dude i read this shit i'm just like really like i mean he's a good actor and like it's just crazy well, i mean but he's also he's also a, a cannibal well yeah i mean let's yeah. like his family has money like he came from money yeah and, and they said he's completely broke i'm like what I spent all that shit. I spent on rib. Crazy. Craziness. Uh, but yeah, speaking of sequel, uh, you know, moving on to back on topic. Sequel probably actually looking forward to. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, the sequel, which would technically make this Ghostbusters 4, because Afterlife is 3. 
uh, the sequel was officially confirmed and did get a release date of December 20th, 2023. Uh, it's expected that Jason Reitman, director of Ghostbusters Afterlife, will return to direct this, to direct this film as well. Um, Russell, I mean, did you, did you ever see Afterlife? Yeah, I did see Afterlife. I only seen it once. I need to watch it again. I only seen it once too. Uh, how, well, first of all, how did you like it? And are you excited to see more uh, films of the world of Ghostbusters? I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I did. Um, very nostalgic for me. Lots of nostalgia. Uh, emotions. I, it was good. I liked it. Um, yes, I'm, I'm always down to see more Ghostbusters. So, yeah. Yeah, so we're, uh, yeah, I'm nowhere and who's confirmed to come back for this one. Uh, you know, we, we don't get a new crew. We don't know if we get some, you know, some new locations. I would like it. I, my, my dream location for a Ghostbusters film is, is New Orleans. I think a Ghostbusters film set there. Would be that would be kind of cool because of the fucking, yeah, like the voodoo, hate, the Haitian type shit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like voodoo, like Cajun counterculture. I think I think that's like a perfect location for Ghostbusters. Ghost, Ghostbusters meets the skeleton key type shit. I'm down. Let's do it. I, I, think I, I, I like it. I like it. Like that, that, it location. And we need some like cameos, man. Like Yanish from the Ghostbusters Two. Peter McNichol. Get Peter McNichol or get like fucking Bigo in there. Let's, let's see, grown up Oscar. How about that? Grown up Oscar. Maybe, fucking maybe. Dana Barrett's kid. Yeah, from Ghostbuster. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, there's a lot of ideas here, man. Uh, yeah, just lots of ideas we can go to. Well, like, well, the thing the thing I would want them to do with the franchise going forward is I want because like, and this is what we kind of spoiler for the film, but it's over. It's almost like what six months old. It's over six, but yeah, you're fine. Yeah, fine. So the movie ends with, you know, Winston kind of, you know, starting bringing back up the firehouse, starting things back up. What I want them to do is, like, kind of do that they talked about earlier, or the decades ago, franchise the Ghostbusters. Let's yeah. get Ghostbusters, like, around the world. And then, like, every movie, it's, like, a, ghost, a Ghostbusting adventure in a different country, different location. Like, real world. Yeah, kind of like like, <laughs> like real world. You know what I mean? Like your season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like, yeah, like, like we can do like go like Ghostbusters England, Ghostbusters Egypt, Ghostbusters yeah. Transylvania. Like, or how about another cool idea? Why don't we get some characters out from the real Ghostbusters cartoon? You know, there's so many cool ghosts and you know goblins and stuff like that that they could put out from the real Ghostbusters. I remember like Sam Hain and just a lot of cool. Like uh, you know, ghosts that you had in in, in the real car, the real Ghostbusters cartoon series. Yeah, yeah, bring bring in the extreme Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. I, mean, I think like you know the anthology format like lends itself. Like you can get like a lot of different talents or a lot of different guys, people who like don't want to be locked into like a lot of friends, like, people who just come like come like for like a one off. Yeah, like come like come like be a Ghostbuster for like a, for a movie. I think I think that I think that's a good way to go about the franchise. But you know, we'll see. I I trust the hands of the franchise right now, and yeah. yeah the next one's gonna be coming out in December 2023. I think it's a bit of a mistake releasing the Ghostbuster movie in December, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I I vote October every day of the week, but whatever. October, September. That that's that's the good the good uh Ab- absolutely that's a good ghoulish time, man. Halloween season, man. You have to. Uh next piece of news we're talking about. Uh James Bond was back in the news after uh you know after Daniel Craig's send off in No Time to Die. Uh, Barbara Broccoli, who uh, owns the rights of James Bond, or the family owns the rights of James Bond, uh, said that they are looking to majorly reinvent the character before pressing forward for the next film. Don't know what that means. I mean, I thought Daniel Craig was pretty good as Bond. I'm not quite sure what the fuck. Yeah. I mean, he was, but that's also kind of, that's also kind of the problem. Like, they got, they got to try something 
new something different with the James Bond character. Yeah, do watered down bras that I get, I guess. I don't know. Let's go back to the 60s. Jeez, <laughs> uh, Lord, man. I, I can't. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, what do you what do you want? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more you could reinvent James Bond than he's already been reinvented. It's like he's yeah, like you have to keep the you probably just have to keep it rolling now. It's almost like a I don't know. How do you what do you do now? Yeah. Like yeah. James Bond's they've made movies James Bond since the, the fucking 60s. Like 62, yeah. A 60 year old film property. Yeah, so I don't I don't understand what you're yeah, I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah, I I don't know whether but you know, it's going to be it's definitely going to be at least like what 3 4 years before we see the Bond film. Yeah, they haven't even announced anybody Taking the helm as Bond, so I don't. It's going to be a while. They, they haven't said they, they said that they haven't even like started looking for an actor until they really nailed down what until they nailed down what they want to do with the character. Yeah, it's going to be a while before we see any of that type of stuff again. I'm curious. What, I'm curious how it's going to go, but you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah, I mean, and last thing we're talking about. I mean, this is it seems like a boring news story, but it is interesting to talk about. It's just fun to speculate. Uh, Mar- it's, it's fun to talk about who Marvel's taking. This is where we are with the news cycle today. Like, it, like if Marvel takes a meeting with somebody, it's it's news. Yeah. Uh, Marvel has met with two pretty high-profile actors about upcoming projects. Uh, those being uh, Golden Globe winner Taron Egerton and Oscar nominee Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no one who I will be playing. Taron Egerton is teasing Wolverine. I said he'd be playing, which I think he'd be pretty, he'd be pretty good. Like, you know, he fits the bill for it because he's not a very tall person. No. And I did, I did watch uh, that, that new show, Blackbird. Because my, my main concern with Terry Anderson is, can he do an American accent? Yeah. And I did watch the first episode of Blackbird. He can. Yeah. Like, all my reservations are cleared. Yes, I think he would make a good, I, I do think he could do. Uh, Wolverine. Plus, he, you know, he's he's stocky. He's built. So yeah. Now, Gosling, no one who he's playing, but it said the character he wants to play is Ghost Rider. Huh. Which I'm just like, I mean, if Ryan Gosling wants to be Ghost Rider, let him let him fucking be Ghost Rider. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like with Tom Hardy the Punisher. If Tom Hardy wants to be the Punisher. Let Tom Hardy be the Punisher. Well, yeah, it's like Gosling's character in Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah, it's true, actually. J- just set him on fire. <laughs> yeah, Galton. Anyway, a, yeah. like a, a weird, a weird zone right now because you know he's, he's he's Ken and Barbie right now, which I still can't get over. This is actually a thing. No, but the, the dude, the first, the first trailer for that is gonna tell us everything we need to know about this. Uh, I just can't. I just, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I just imagine Ryan Gosling. Just well, it's because funny because you know what comes out the same day as Barbie. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oh boy! <laughs> I, I imagine Ryan Gosling. He wanted Oppenheimer, and he's sitting talking today. He's just like, "Ah, shit, Greg, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get Oppenheimer." But you know what we're gonna do? No, no, no. He's like, "Got anything else for me?" Yeah, yeah. I got this movie. Uh, Mark Robbie starring in it. Uh, Greg Gerwig going to direct. Sold. Don't even, don't even tell me what it is. Just send me yeah. the script. Tell him I'm in. Tell him I want to do it. It comes out the same day as Oppenheimer. Okay, okay Ryan, uh, I'll send you the script. He had the script. It's Barbie. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got the script to my door. It's got to be some mistake. Uh, you know, <laughs> that whole uh, Margot Robbie, Greta Gerwig movie, and you sent me a Barbie script. Yeah, I know. That's what they're doing. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're playing Ken. 
Okay. <laughs> you like to back out? Uh, no, but here, here's uh, I'm making how much? Uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be camped two hours. It's fine. Absolutely, got to play along with it. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, that movie is astounding. But like, you know, would would you be open to either of these actors joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, everybody. I think we, we've talked about it Every- numerous times on the show. Everybody's a part of it, so it doesn't really matter at this well, point. It's not part of it. What's that? No matter time before we're part of it. Yeah, and then, you know what? Uh, I'm okay with that. I'll play anything. I'll play a stationary object if I have to. That's fine. I'll play a stapler. Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, all good. But yeah, I mean, everybody's part of it now, so I don't think it's as big as it used to be. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's cool. We could talk about it, but it's not as like, oh my, you know, everybody's everybody's doing it. So it's like, yeah. But like, I'm I'm still like impressed by like the, the types of actors they get for some of these projects. Oh yeah, no, I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that. I just it's just craziness how where we're at now to also, like every, everybody's all interwoven in this yeah but like you, you think of like kind of like the early like the 2000s the 90s just like you know how the kind of actors you get for those but like, like now how the like actors who wouldn't even touch a comic movie yeah you know are now like lining up like hey i i, I want to do this it's just, just it's just expected now you know what i mean like you know that's like a pretty good job for an actor you know you, you can come in you can have fun you get to be like, you know, you can be like this cool superhero on screen. Yeah. I, I imagine that's mean, unless you're like, you know, really, I mean, you have to work out a lot, but you know, you, you get, you get a hot body out of it. Dude. And they get you a fucking personal trainer and a nutritionist. So it's like, it's all fucking pros. There's no negative to it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You, 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 you make a good amount of money. I imagine like, it's like a fun, like blow off job for actors. Kind of, kind of like taking like electives in, in high school. Taking blow off classes in senior year. Yep. Right. Just like that. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm definitely and you know there was a lot of rumors regarding what mom was going to be revealing at Comic Con uh, when they go because it's, it's next weekend. But you know we're not going to waste time talking about rumors, but we'll talk about things when they are fact. Oh yes, and uh, you know what is fact? Dark Diggler's penis. Wow, not really, but yeah. Well, maybe no. It's it's not. It's not. It's definitely definitely not fact. But it's. Uh, boy, we're talking about Boogie Nights. Uh, so yeah, Boogie Nights was the second, second, yeah. Se- second, yeah, second film by director Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, the first one being Hard Eight, which got you know, got a lot of you know got a lot of acclaim along the along the indie circuits. This is what this is what elevated it. This is what elevated a lot of people. It's elevated him. It's elevated Mark Wahlberg. Uh, elevated, elevated the awareness of the porn industry. Yes, because you know that's uh, the thing. That's the thing that we knew surprisingly little. We knew surprisingly little about. Yeah, it was like the late nineties when I was what the people versus Harry Flint was another one. That's true. Like por- por- pornography in the late nineties. Uh, I think it was in the nineties. Um, and this was like like before the rise of the internet too. So. Yeah, so you don't see it a whole lot. Like, like if you look at now, like you don't see a whole lot of like porn industry type films like that. You know what I mean? Um, the '90s were definitely a big, big playmaker now with Boogie Nights. Like I said, People First, Larry Flint, stuff like that. But yeah, so this movie, uh, uh, this came out, got got Paul Thomas Anderson on the map, got nominated for a couple Oscars. I think this might have given him his first Oscar nomination, maybe for screenplay. Don't quote. Yeah. Um, and then I got Julianne Moore, an Oscar nomination. I believe Burt Reynolds as well. Also an Oscar name, which is ironic, which Freeze we'll get to later. Oh, yeah, because he definitely wasn't a... Yeah, we'll talk about it later. 
but yeah, and also yeah, because of elevated Mark Wahlberg to superstar status. Yes, okay, did get him an did get Paul Thomas Anderson original screenplay nomination. Okay. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into it. This is Boogie Nights. So we open uh, we open on this incredible one take going into this club. And this is the thing that you know PTA is kind of he's he's kind of known for. Like he does these these awesome one takes. And uh, it's almost reminds me of uh, very uh, Goodfellas esque. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, I think PTA at the time of this movie is twenty seven. Um, directing this, he's younger actually. Really? I thought he was like twenty seven ish. Uh, oh no, you're right. So so twenty, yeah, like 20. okay, yeah. So this kid, I mean, ten years younger than me directing this shot it's beautiful it's clear it's concise it's uh, it's it flows um Great one thing i introduction to your main cast oh and, and the one thing that i'm going to say right at the top of the uh, of the thing i love this fucking soundtrack uh the fucking soundtrack is just banging from the two hours and 40 minutes runtime and the songs of the 70s and 80s man it's a, it's a great soundtrack yeah it's also like a really great introduction to all our characters oh yeah we're spending most of the film with you know, because mm-hmm. because we got uh trying trying to remember these characters, trying to remember these character names. Uh, you, know, you got Jack Horner, yeah, yeah, Amber Waves, yeah, Buck Swoop, <laughs> Rothschild, I mean, the greatest name, Roller Girl, who's fucking great, Heather Graham, absolutely, who looks still gorgeous to this day. I mean, yeah, I mean, she 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 she, she looks fantastic, but like she, yeah, she still does. I mean, but she's she's fantastic in this. See a lot of Heather Graham in this film. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and believe it or not, yes, that is the one that Austin Powers wanted to shag. The one the fat bastard did shag. There you have it. Uh, and then we meet our main character, uh, Eddie Adams, played by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg is it's a weird thing because his face has always been like forty five. Yeah, but this is like yeah, he just looks so like. Scrawny, not scrawny, but you know what I'm saying. He just looks, he looks baby. He looks like baby face. So do you know what I mean? In this one, kind of, but like it's weird. Like he hasn't seen him like Haley Joe Osment, like his body ages, but his face doesn't. Here, his face is already like a a middle aged man. But his- but, ha- but Haley Joe Osment, I think, got into the uh, Russell Crowe diet, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did did the three point one four diet. Okay, I just I wasn't sure. I just I had okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, this is this is the one where like people really took notice of you know Mark Wahlberg as an actor because you know before yeah. that he had, he had fear, which he's fear. in Renaissance Man, Basketball Diaries. Renaissance Man was a small role though. Was yeah, uh, it's the one where like people think that was like oh like the kid from the Funky Bunch can actually like he's actually like, a good actor. Yeah, and I think it works about this character the fact you know. You, like you feel his in, you feel his insecurity and you feel him grow as a character throughout the entire film because you don't know because again he's so young you don't know what the hell he wants to do with his life he's 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 at a crossroads in life like what's he going to do what's he going to be when he grows up is he going to live in his parents house the rest of his life there's so much he's wrestling with just like everybody else wrestles with when they're going through you know uh not I wouldn't even say puberty, but like just through adulthood, through the teenage years and stuff like that, getting into your twenties and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he's Mark Wahlberg is excellent in this film. I think this this still might be the best performance. This is his best performance for Wahlberg, absolutely. I'll throw that. Yeah. 
uh, we also find out that he's this character is very well endowed. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Um, I think he actually Heather Graham stole Austin Powers penis enlarger uh, pump. And that's why Dirk Diggler. Yeah, that, that, that's where he got it. But like, uh, yeah, it's funny how like he just like he just makes money off of it. Just like, I mean, you, like, it's, it's five bucks. It's five bucks to see it. it's like 20 bucks to see me do something with it. I'm like, dude, like this. Yeah, I mean. Hey, I mean, you're at that level where you can do that shit. Okay, great. I guess I don't know. Yeah, they make money that way. <laughs> yeah, they would pay me to put it away. Just put yeah. it like that. Yeah, no, the, I, yeah. The thing is, though, I, I, that feel like that feels very like not. I thought like people would people would pay to do people would pay to see that. I mean, it's like a fucking it's a, it's like a sideshow uh, attraction, bro. It's exactly what the fuck it is. Yeah, it, it, it's like a carnival circus shit, dude. It's like, oh, come see the well-endowed man. Like, uh, audiences gather around and well, look at his huge dick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, we also see that you know they, they may, maybe they may be do they may be doing you know dirty films, but they also have lives like this. Like one uh, porn star named Buck, so played by Don Cheadle. Uh, he dreams of being of owning his own stereo store. Like, bro, don't do it. it doesn't go anywhere. Like, we we we've lived this. Don't <laughs> no, get, get out. No. Sounds like a great idea. No, honestly, it does because like time. you know, at the time you're rolling with the time. You know, that's like Jack Horn. Like uh, his character can't deal with the fact that they're going from film to video. Do you know what I mean? Um, you 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 start to see this. You know what I mean? You're starting to see the times like. You know, kind of play a play a role here, um, but Buck really just wants to do his own own speaker store. Yeah, uh, and you know, some some of my find is really underrated. And some Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle is che- good in this film. Cheadle's good, man. I, I like the fact that he wants to get out of the he wants to get out of the porn game, though. Do you know? He, he wants to be. You can tell that. I think out of everybody, he's the most wholesome one because you you feel that he really does have a lot of ambition and dream and, and, and desire. Like, you know, he wants to, you know, start a family and, and, and just get out of this whole entire, you know, uh, the porn game, you know? Something else I think does really well illustrating how, how people end up getting into porn. Yeah. Something like roller girl again, probably Heather Graham's character. Yeah. Uh, she's someone who she's, you know, she gets a reputation in high school. She's ridic- she's ridiculed for it. And she's also just like she's also not going anywhere. You could tell dead end. I mean, look look at the the scene where she's taking a test, and the guy's like like uh, like motioning like a blowjob to her. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then she just looks at the test, and she just ends up leaving. Like there's nothing. That's all that this character knows. That you see, this is all that Ruler Girl knows how to do is to get by with her looks, with her sexuality. You know. He's like, hey, you know what? That, this is what this is what I got to do. I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah. But also, can you can it is like for women like that is it is like it can be a very lucrative business. Yeah, I mean, and again, like again, you kind of like you know they always say sleeping your way to the top. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's uh, you have a character that looks like her in the film. Obviously, she is she can go places with her looks. You know what I mean? And I think she knows that. Yeah, and what we're thinking about her character is like you can just call Roller Girl because she never takes her skates off. Yeah, which I mean, big to differ. That would really suck to sleep in that. It really, it really would. But also, like you know, like if if you're actually like you know having sex with her, you can't, you can't like one one miss one miss leg, and then you got a concussion. 
or you're taking something to the lip, to the back of the head. She gets pissed off and kicks you in the throat with them. Like, what do you do? Like, you have to be very gentle with her, man. Have you seen the new scene of Stranger Things? Uh, yeah, I saw the new Stranger Things, yeah. Yeah, like, you fuck, fuck, fuck around. You end up like that one girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. You make fun of somebody, man, and you get, like, a, a skate thrown at you, man. There's no messing around, dude. You know, you get a skate to the face. Skate to the face. And anyways, uh, so, yeah, uh, Jack Horn takes an interest in uh, Eddie uh, because, you know, if, if, if his reputation precedes him, then oh, he's, he's, got, he's got his new male star. Yeah. He, he tests her out with Roller Girl, uh, and then we see, like, you know, and then we see kind of how Eddie's going to end up in this because, you know, like I said, he's, he's kind of spinning his wheels, doesn't really know where he's going in life. Yeah. But this, you know, and, you know, his mom's kind of... Uh, Kind of an overbearing protective type. Yeah. And but this gives him this gives him an out. So he's he's gonna he's gonna take it. He decides to roll with Jack on this. And this is you know, this and this is his big introduction to the world of adult filmmaking. And once then this movie really illustrates well the fact that this is like it feels like a real community. It does. It doesn't feel nothing feels fake. Um yeah, every everything's like explained. It, it it feels natural. There's nothing out like that PTA puts in the film that feels out of place. You know what I mean? Everything belongs. All these characters, you know, belong in this community, and it's it, you 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 buy it. You know, you you buy it completely. Yeah, no, you 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 really do. And like all, the fact that like all these characters are so well written, like just have like these such defined personalities. Even yeah. they're, they're like they. He ma- he makes it to a point where you can understand a character just based on like one scene or one interaction, like yeah. like like for example John C. Riley, who pl- who plays a porn who plays a uh, porn star, uh, yeah. Reed Rothschild. Reed Rothschild, yeah, yeah. He wants to be a magician. He wants to be a magician. But yeah. He, but he also you says that kind of insecurity. He's always like trying to you know prove he's like the manliest or like the hottest one there. Yeah. But you can tell that he's, but he always gets like outmanned. Do you know what I mean? So he always feels like second fiddle. He's always playing second or third fiddle. You know what I mean? So he has those insecurities that his character's wrestling around with. But he, the thing he has going for him is he knows how to strike up a conversation. He knows how to make people laugh. Um, And that's what he has going for him. Oh, the the actual John C. Riley. Yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, yeah, eh. it is, it is. And it's so funny, though, because I, I love, because his character reminds me of his character from Step Brothers almost. You know what I mean? A little bit. Like, making the drinks, bullshitting, saying how good you are at things. You know what I mean? Like, just bragging and like hyping stuff up even more, you know? And uh, the interesting thing about like, John Riley in general, the fact that, like, for a while, like, he was PTA's guy. Yeah. Magna, he's in Magnolia, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he was in his first three films. Like, he yeah, was, he was in Hard Eight. He was in this. And he was in Magnolia. Yeah, it's crazy. That there's this thing like, like how I think people underestimate just how versatile of an actor John C. Riley is. Completely versatile. He, he's known for like, he's mostly known for his comedy, but he's like a really fantastic dramatic actor. He's just, he's a fantastic serious actor. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. I think PTA really pulled that out, but he just got kind of like after Magnolia really just kind of put him in lots of comedies and stuff like that. He was just kind of just thrown around, you know what I mean? Your Dewey Cox's, your, you know, your, your, uh, you know, your stepbrothers, your, your comedy after comedy after comedy, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. 
there's also like this uh, underlying storyline where like this woman is looking for, I think, her mother, and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who we're told is uh, part of this whole industry, and another one where uh, another PTA regular. Oh uh, well, I'm not kind of regular. He's he was in two of his movies, uh, where uh, a, a certain. I'm trying to think of his name. Shit, what the fuck was it? Oh yeah, uh, little Bill Thompson. Played by William H Macy, uh, he's uh, his wife is a porn star. Dude, his shit is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Every time he's on the fucking, every time he's on the fucking uh, screen, yeah, we're like, she uh, it's always to catch his wife fucking somebody, dude. Yeah, I love it. Which yeah, did, yeah, yeah. struggle does address like that's like the psychological thing where like like what if you are married to someone who does this for a living? Like, what does that do to you? And the, and the other part is that fucking flub. The, the infamous flub uh, William H Macy, uh, she has a she has a uh, what's his, how does his, how's it go? Um, William H Macy, you didn't did you notice the 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 the, the um hold on the, the I flub? I, I don't think I did. Cause I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, hold on. You're gonna you're gonna laugh. Uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. The, the flub. Yeah. Anyway, she goes. Um, do 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 do. Anywho, um, let's see. So while he while they're filming uh, them having sex with a guy in the driveway, um, he goes, "Yeah, I'm upset. My wife has an ass in her cock. You never noticed that? Didn't know. Okay, so there's a part. There's a scene where he's. They're all like kind of gathered around, and she's she's getting railed. It's 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 this scene right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes up. He goes up and talks to him. He's, he, he he's like starting to talk, and he's just so fluttered. And I think he messed up, but they left it in there because you're supposed to see how like fucking how this is pissing him off so much, and he's getting so flustered. Just, he's just like confusing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that actually worked. I'm gonna be looking for for that next time I see it. Yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you in, in the audience because uh, it's it was a scene that always stuck in my head because when I heard, it, we're like, what? Back that up, what? Yeah, yeah. So, so another character we also meet in this scene is uh, Scotty J, played by the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I would argue this as maybe PTA's best collaborator. Oh, I mean, he's he's fucking he's so ahead of the game, acting wise. Anything he does, I think we've we've talked about him numerous times. I believe on the show, haven't we? I think we have. I'm pretty sure. Hunger Games, but I don't think anything else. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Anyway, uh, the guy just uh, shows you why he's one of the one of the greatest actors to take the screen. I mean, he's just fantastic in anything the guy does. Yeah, and like I feel like PTA kind of unlocked something in uh, Hoffman that uh, like not a lot of directors really could. I, I, it kind of, it's kind of like he he, he spoke Hoffman's language. Moneyball too. Don't forget. Oh, that's yeah, right, Moneyball. Yeah. Um, just his character, man. It's just so. This kid wants to be cool, you know. Um, he wants to be. Nice. He wants to be accepted. He wants to. He wants to hang out with Dirk Diggler, man. Like Dirk Diggler's his idol, you know. Um, Dirk, come see my car. You know what I mean? Like, look how awesome this car is. I thought you'd, you know, I figured you'd like it. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to be accepted. Um, he feels like a loner. Feels like an outsider. So I, I see. You know, even that scene where he like tries to ask, like, go with his emotions and try to make a move on him and kiss, kiss Dirk Diggler and stuff. 
Um, it's like I said, I think it's just, it's just that acceptance. He, he wants to be in, in the click. You know what I mean? Even when he's filming love, love the sex scenes and shit. Look at, look at uh, Philip Seymour's character, how he's like, he's like shaking almost. Well, and I, I think that's a really good like way to illustrate the difference between like, you know, a porn star and someone who like works behind yeah. scenes. Yeah. In adult film. Where they're just like, I, I, you kind of picture him as like the kind of weirdo you would meet on the set. Yeah. Of- and almost vicariously living his sexual fantasies out through Diggler. Do you know what I mean? Or rather the woman, the woman Diggler's with. Or, yeah, but you understand what I'm saying. Or like, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Just being the ladies, man. Being like Rico Suave. Uh, just just getting all the attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone, and yeah, someone, I have been not talked about this guy. Fucking Burt Reynolds, man. Oh, fantastic. And it, it took him all this time, 1997, to finally get his first and only Oscar nomination. It's well, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I want to think about this, the fact that, like, he said after the fact, we're just like, he wasn't even a big, he wasn't even a fan of his own performance in this movie. Like, he didn't want, but I think it took him a while to actually sign on with this because he didn't want anything to do with the role. He didn't like the role. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he said, like, yeah. Even after he did, he said he said he didn't like the role, and I think he had a little issue with PTA, thinking that PTA was really full of himself um, for being so young, thinking he kind of knew everything. Which I mean, yeah, you would. I feel like that's a little struggle, like a lot of older actors go through when you're working with like a super young director. Oh yeah, I mean, look how much years in the business they have. This new kid comes in thinking he's thinking everything's like everything he shoots is like fucking sliced bread in it and burt reynolds would go to him you realize they did this in this movie too like he would he would like explain them like all oh, the shot all oh, that shot i've never you know no, that's never been done or like he'd come out and say oh yeah i could tell you like three or four movies that this was in you know what i mean to kind of like level him back down but, but like that's that, that's how professional that's i think how professional reynolds is the fact that like even though he wasn't a fan of the role and wasn't a fan of the performance or yeah. of, you know the work yeah Bill came in and he still delivered this incredible, incredible performance. Yeah. Like this, like portraits of like strength and like this, like sort of seductive figure. Yeah. Lure people that would like just lure ordinary people into this, you know, into this like weird, crazy, sexy old world. Yeah. Like he is the, he's the gatekeeper to this world pretty much, you know? Um, like look, look what he did with, you know, a, you know, Dirk Diggler's character. You know, he enters him into this world where his life is forever changed financially uh, and, and everything thereafter, you know? Yeah, we see that uh, as 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 Jack Homer expects, Dirk Diggler is an immediate success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his life his life changed. His life changes. He's got money. He's got the he's got the clothes, which definitely reminds you what decade this is. Oh yeah, this is no doubt about it. Uh, and yeah, that's something that, something this movie does kind of like again, kind of like with what Goodfellas was, uh, did with mob life. It makes this kind of life look incredibly sexy. It does, and and I, I've said this time and time again. I've always had this conversation with Wolf of Wall Street, um, just the way Scorsese does it, and the way PTA does that here. You just you idolize you. You would love to just be in that moment, man. Think about it. You know, you're like, wow, that's just it, it does like glorify it. It makes you want that, you know. Yeah, it, but that's yeah, but that's the kind of the point. Like it glorifies to like when it takes would take the turn later. Yeah, you it's like it, it hits that much harder. Oh, well, shit can get out of hand quickly if you don't have a have a lock on it, you know. 
But it also, is it's just it's just funny to look at, like you know, the kind of stuff you get into. Like he starts in this series of like action porn films. Yeah, which are so fucking cheesy. They're like, ugh, so bad. What 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 was what was it? What were they called again? Was it a bu- what the fuck was it? Bu- not Buck. Oh shit! What the fuck was his name? Bert? No. I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. What the hell was his name? That wasn't Bert. It was something stupid. I put a Brock. Brock, that's it. Brock Landers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like this, like like rip, like rip off seventies cop movie. That cop movie that, and it's so shitty acting. Um, just cheesy, cheesy, cheesy shit. But it's it's funny because it works. I mean, because you you know, porn was never taken as like you know the dialogue's perfect and the acting's fantastic. They always. It was, you know, that's a, that's a common stereotype. Oh, it's the, the acting's fucking awful. <laughs> you can't act. This is what you do. Yeah. If you're up, but you can't act. This is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the, the movie goes on. Yeah. And like I said, it's it, it looks it looks fun. It looks it looks enticing. It look, looks great. Looks like a great kind of life. The turn doesn't really happen until you get to you, and you know exactly what scene it is. It's the yep. Eve party, yeah, 1980. Oh my god, yeah, what we were just talking about with the, yeah, with um, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and trying to kiss uh, Dirk and just everything. Oh, we also, oh, we also see, uh, <laughs> we also see Thomas Jane rocking one of the greatest mustaches I've seen. In oh my god, dude, that, that that stash, fantastic. Get that stash an Oscar, get, yeah, yes, get, get the stash, get the stash an Oscar. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, this New Year's Eve party really, it, it really, really starts and unraveling with William H. Macy's character. Well, a lot of people, because, you know, yeah, because, you know, Buck's marriage is falling apart, but he meets, but he meets a new woman. Uh, yeah. This is where Jack is trying to switch. I kind of switch formats. He's going from like we were talking, he was going from uh, all like. Uh, what was it all a real Real to all real to, to video cassette, video cassette. Uh, Phillips Hoffman, uh, Hoffman, Sky tries to make a move on Dirk, yeah. And then, uh, little Bill once again catches his wife cheating on him. But this, yeah, but this time it's just played completely different because you're watching, he's just like so shocked, like, what's happening? You see, well, yeah, you see him go to his car and he, you see him go to the car, come back inside. And nonchalantly grabs a gun out of his car. Nonchalantly grabs a gun out of his car, goes, shoots his wife, shoots the guy he's sleeping with, comes back to the party, and then shoots himself in the head. And can we say that he, um, when he got the gun to go back in the house, he locked the car? I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, well, that, that yeah, it's strange. Did you notice? Did you notice that too? Yeah, but it's also just like you just feel like how distraught he is. But also, like this happens with just like such. I, what's what I'm looking for? Like you said, like just so nonchalantly. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, what's going on? And then, like, as soon as it happened, it's like, yeah, but like, but you can see the flip side of it, okay? Like, everybody's reacting like this is normal, but to him, this isn't normal. This is his wife. Yeah. People are staring and, and grouping around his wife, having sex, having an intimate moment that a husband should share with a wife, but they're doing this nonchalantly free, free fall for everybody to see. I never. And, is like yeah. aren't rolling because like actually did you ever see X? Yeah. Well, remember, remember that scene in X where they're just talking. It's like how like you know what 
like you, you have a problem with him sleep with like them having sex like hey as long as the cameras are rolling i don't care yeah see but that's where you have to turn on and turn off and i think his character obviously just wasn't thought he could handle it but every time we see this his character he's always catching his wife banging yeah he can handle it and yeah he just can't and like that's that's the problem where like it's even a person dealing with somebody who uh just like by design has a very high sex drive yeah so much so that like they probably can't be they probably can't be satisfied by one partner (laughs) yeah and then we also see what julianne moore's character um we see her life start to unravel because of the fact that she is going to lose visitation rights for to her kid yeah who was the who was the kid calling earlier who, who the, because of the fact that uh, the husband said that, you know, he doesn't want to have his son into a, you know, environment where there is sex, there's drugs. And then we see how this is really all that Julianne Moore's character knows. Um, you kind of feel bad because you know she has a problem, but she's trying her best to try to be a mother, but she doesn't know how to be one, you know? Another thing that we deal with, like, stigma around people who do this because like yeah i mean it's easy to, it's easy just to, to judge them it's easy to like yeah name call and finger point but like you don't know the circumstances that led them that led them here no and on top of it i mean can it provide a you know a life though you know what i mean they're making money from it though it can provide a life for your child you know what i mean it, it may not be the most it's not your normal nine to five job, punch in, punch out type thing. It's it's a little bit different, but it's still providing a life. And I think Julianne Moore is trying to convey that to the judge when she's having that conversation with her ex, I would assume, and, and the judge. Yeah, we also see, you know, like, like I think it's slowly unraveling because like one producer that we met earlier in the film, I can't remember the, can't remember the guy's name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ale for messing with an underage girl. Yeah. And again, that's another thing that, you know, comes with the territory. Look at like, we could even say the Harvey Weinstein type, you know, shit. You see what happens when, you know, you're on top like that. It's easier for them to take you down if you do stupid shit, i.e. look at the producer that was you know, messing around with underage. You know what I mean? Or like in the, the Weinstein thing where you were uh, wanting sexual favors for roles or for like, you know, what I mean, for for people's jobs. So, you know, you, you get yourself involved in that, you know. It's a, it's a it's a big mountain to fall down, you know. Yeah, it is. But there's also like that that those kind of traps are like just pretty easy. Oh, they're yeah, absolutely. You also see the thing kind of start unraveling with Dirk because you know uh, he's trying he's trying to break out into <laughs> into other things. Yeah, like that fantastic group that they have, that fantastic singing they have. Oh, my <laughs> oh my god! How fucking awful is that, man? How fucking bad is that? He's got the power. <laughs> oh my god, him and like John C. Riley are so serious, and it's like, oh my god, this is like the worst. But they think they have like gold here, and they didn't realize that they have to actually pay to have the tapes. Like they have to pay to use the studio and to pay to have the tapes in order to take the tapes and get them to radio stations to play. What about what about favorite things? Like what is yeah. singing the touch? <laughs> like John. Yeah. Yeah, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> the truly ironic thing about this is that Margot would go on to be in a Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah, literally. And it was a, a shitty one. It was a shitty one. Wait, is it, wait, this is 83. Wait, was that song released before the movie? I'm, I'm checking on this. Okay. 
Aha, uh-huh. and uh, well, there's an anachronism right there. Unless, unless this guy wrote the touch, which is, I think, I think even funnier. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. It actually would be. Like the song the touch is based on this random recording stand <laughs> This one session. Yeah. That they didn't that they didn't even want to find they didn't even know how to actually how it actually goes down. They just thought you could take your shit, record your stuff, and just take it and you're good, right? Yeah. Another thing that's kind of destroying this industry, the rise of cocaine. Oh my lord. Lots of skiing going on here, guys. Uh, Snow snowy slopes galore. Uh, yeah, but you know, on, on the good news, in, in the you know, for, for Buck, things are looking up. You know, he's got a new girlfriend, he's uh, looking to start a stereo store. Only problem is because you know, because he's a black man in America, he can't get a business loan. Yeah, uh, and, and I think the other reason, I mean, I think that had a little bit to do with it, and the fact that they they didn't want to take a chance on a black guy who was involved in like a porn industry. They didn't want to look oh, that looks that looked bad on it too. Look at it like a porn industry. And it's like yeah. oh, what you were doing. Which is like, yeah, this another reason like people like yeah, because of we kind of talked about like the, the stigma. Sh- the shame. The shame uh, yeah, the no, shame side to it. Try to do something else, you're still just gonna be the porn person. So, but that's the thing. I remember a long time ago, a while ago, I had an interview for a job and they're like, oh, you know, you know, we thought, you know, you just didn't have the experience, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's why I'm trying to get experience. And I, and I told them, I said, like, how, how can we get experience if every job shoots us down and says, no, how, where do we, where, where does this experience ever come from? Right. No. Yeah. Like I, I, I've had, yeah. Just like, yeah. I, I try to get like a retail job and just, yeah. Like, you need at least okay, like so many jobs. Yeah. You need at least three years of retail experience. And just like okay, how much like how much retail experience? Like no real estate, no real estate. Hire me. It's like bro. It's like I need three years of experience to do this. So I'm gonna get hired by you to start my three years of experience. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here and I'm going somewhere else. Shit, you know. Uh, but yeah, like second half of this film was deal with like a lot of the fallouts of what happens when you when you do this. Yeah. But, Jack Horn is just like he's he's seeing that like his world is changing. Well, and, and just because I like, and I think a great analogy is like obviously the nineteen seventy nine to the nineteen eighties. We're ringing in a whole new uh, decade. Things are changing. There's a change now, a brewing, and this is basically where we start to see this. Which are, you know, what I mean, yeah, like I, like like the scene where he's uh you know he's trying to make this new kind of a film where like. He just picks up random guys off the street, which is, a- oh, is absolutely a thing. Absolutely. Bang Brothers. Yeah. I mean, True I was, story. I was going to say it, but yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> I'm I mean, not wrong, right? You're not wrong, but I will go out myself. <laughs> this was uh, 1997, baby. This is, uh, they, well, 1997, the movie came out. They were foreshadowing what was to come later on. Hardcore, literally, you know? Yeah, man. This is. And uh, we also see that uh, Dirk Diggler, because of you know the way porn is going for him, uh, he's a little pressed for cash. Actually, everybody, he's not pressed for cash. Are you serious? He has to jack off to get ten dollars? Like really? Like we've we've hit this rock bottom. Uh, but we also see like this. This is scene that kind of really took me by surprise because there's a scene where Buck is going into a donut shop. Oh my god! Yeah, man, he's never going to be the same. The donut shop, <laughs> of course, it gets robbed. Yeah. And I first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh crap, Buck is gonna get shot. You think that, but then 
yeah, how, how this all plays out. Like this is almost like a series of unfortunate events, a chain of, of, of shit going down. And first of all, I do want to like give, give, give again, another shout out to John Cheadle. While this whole scene is going on, the way he looked emoting physically is, is how, how somebody would process this shit. I think happening is the sheer terror happening in his face and his like hand motions. It's, it's, it's insane. Just how much he does without saying a word. It's all conveyed through facial and just like handshaking. Yeah. But just the way this happened. So there's, so it's, it's the cashier, the robber, him, and this random customer in the corner. The customer has a gun, which he pulls out. He shoots the robber. The robber shoots him. And then as like a reactionary, like, you know, muscle twitch, he pulls the trigger and he shoots the cat. He shoots the cashier in the fucking head. His his head explodes and goes all over Cheadle's face. So he has like all this like blood all over him and like brain remnants all over like on his face. Yeah. So, uh, but so, but Buck sees because he already packed away the money. There's yeah. like a bag of money sitting on the floor, and, and Buck he just, like he uh, just got turned out for a loan. Dot, 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 dot. That money to start, start a stereo store. So let's do it. Um, fun, a funny question for you. What are the odds that Roller Girl knew the person that was coming into that car to have sex with her? Slim, slim to none. Okay, just checking. because Astronomically low. It just so happens to go to, it went to high school with her. Yeah. And knew her real name. Yeah. And apparently it wasn't, it was just very, not a very oh yeah the, the, the scene where like attentive we're, lover the scene where like roller girls gets assaulted is it's incredibly hard to watch it's hard to watch it's un, it's unnerving because but then you also factor in the fact okay she's a porn star but then it's still it still can cross that line oh, yeah, you know what I mean also, of unnerving like yeah like this is why any this is why like not anybody could do this yeah and the yeah. fact that they beat the shit out of that guy after man it, like like the, psych- the psychology of the psych- oh yeah. It's like a, a really, I keep talking about it. it's. It's a big factor. It's a big theme of this movie. Oh yeah, just the, the like slut shaming or just like porn shaming in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't see it again. Diggler strapped for cash, so he and uh, he uh, Roth Rothschild and the other porn star played by Thomas Jane, uh, Mustache Man, uh, Todd. Uh, they uh, formally had a plan to rob a cocaine dealer, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina in one of like fucking love it. Probably one of the best performances that only lasts one scene that I've ever seen in my life. And can we get that Chinese kid to stop throwing fucking firecrackers on the floor? <laughs> it's so unnerving, dude. Especially in the situation that they're in. Um, shout out to Sister Christian. I love that song. Uh, just a big fan of that song, so yeah. Like, yeah. Alf like, Molina steals every second of this scene. Oh, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. Uh, he's very excited about the the uh, mixtape that he's made, uh, the jams that he's playing, which are fantastic, fantastic eighty songs. Yeah. Um, Jesse's so, yeah. girl. I always think this is this is what I always think of when I hear Jesse's girl. Oh, uh, Jesse's girl. Yeah, just Sister Christian, dude. I just love that song, man. I I don't know. There's something about that song. Yeah, <laughs> well, like I said, it's overplayed. It was in Rock of Ages. It's in like literally everything. Oh, it was like the motor man. Mm. 
But your prize. Yeah, oh, I love it. Oh, just such a good tune, man. You can always hear that song, and it's always like I like I said, kind of like what Alfred Molina says. He just loves that song, and it's like it's such a good tune, it's so catchy. I don't know. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, with, with with the firecrackers and the music. Oh my god, yeah. You're about to drop, but you don't know how. <laughs> It's so fucking funny though, because you think somebody's shooting somebody, you know what I mean? When you start hearing, he starts throwing his shit on the ground. You're like, oh my god, these guys are probably so fucking nervous. Yeah, but then Todd, he gets the itchy trigger finger. He pulls the gun. He gets uh, he gets shot in the shoulder. Uh, but then yeah, uh, Molina's character, uh, he gets him. Then he can then he kills Todd. But the other th- but the other two manage to get away. And it's like, dude, I would be that guy. I would be like John C. Riley or uh, Wahlberg. It's like, dude, let's just get the fuck out of here. Why are we staying here? Like, you've given them the, the drugs. You've gotten the money. Let's get the fuck out of here now. But it is funny that, that, they, that they pushed that the whole thing is the way to get away is they pushed the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, literally, this this nice is car. It's actually, it's actually a very similar scene involving a car with no gas and licorice pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson's Oh, life. yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, fucking Bradley Cooper truck yeah 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 another good movie good stuff uh but yeah you know after his falling out uh and you think of the fact he has no place to go Derek decides to go back to jack and this thing i do love about jack's character the fact that he is supportive he is supportive of his guys no matter what but the thing about it is the thing i like about this is i think jack realizes though what dirk did bring for him financially though while he was you know while he was working there um i think it was just the fact that he was dealing with addiction i think that really got him kind of when he wanted to start he kind of wanted to call the shots like he wanted to pretty much like screw on 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 cue you know what i mean let's film let's go let's go i'm ready to roll you know what i mean um and i think that was really the thing that was really he was wrestling with addiction there um and i think the fact that um you know, he's coming back like almost like a tail between his legs type thing um I, mean, he, I don't think it's quite just that. Just like, you yeah. Know, no matter what happens, he yeah. Falls down on Jack. Oh well, yeah, that. Yeah, like, like Jack just like you know what? We may have had a following out, but like we're family. Like, yeah. like you're, you're you're my boy. Yeah. I'm always and like anytime you need help, I'm always gonna help you. Yeah, and I think, but the thing about it was, I think what Wahlberg was afraid of was the fact that always going to be that new person like you know how pretty much jack is scouting the next dirk diggler and i think he got threatened by that you know what i mean and i think that that was the reason why that whole falling out happened is because of the fact that you know he thinks that this new kid is going to replace him and he felt jaded by it and i think that's why he ended up like doing what he did but then he you know obviously comes back and and jack really never would have turned on him i don't think i think he would, would always have continued to make movies with dirk diggler too you know movie actually ends off on a surprisingly optimistic notes because like you look at where these characters are, are ending up uh you know buck buck got a stereo store and he and he has a kid now yeah uh roller roller girls taking her your ged ged yeah i try and get her high school equivalency uh Rothschild is doing magic and he's got like this like dirt like a dirty magic show which literally reminds me again like a stepbrothers-esque like just the, his like uh his charisma in it yeah uh you know um horn reestablish reestablishes himself 
uh, you know, he starts, he starts, he's, and you, like, you're wondering, like, is, is, is he still shooting adult film? And like, yep, yes, he is. Uh, yeah, definitely is. But, but he's, but he's, but he's doing it, you know, he's, he's going with these, like, this new wave of stuff. Well, Alex is the, the producer guy who, like, he's getting beat up in jail because he was a, t- a child toucher. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's good stuff to just see that kind of stuff. He still deserves to be beaten. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the, that's the icing on the cake right there just to see that that should happen. Yeah, and like you know, he they've come to an agreement. They're they're making Brock Landers movies again. Yep. Gets again, Mark Wahlberg maybe maybe his finest piece of acting where he's talking himself in the mirror. And then we get my favorite line of the film: "I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a great big shining star." And this is where we get the the money shots. Two hours and forty minutes just to see a wiener, a prosthetic, a prosthetic dick at that. And you look at that and you're like, oh my god, that thing doesn't even look hard and it's that big. Yeah. You're just like, okay, good, good luck, ladies. <laughs> good luck taking that one. You're not going to be able to walk tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, that's where the movie ends. Oh yeah, good stuff, man. This is a, this is a good film. No, oh, this, 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 this is an excellent film. So Russell, final thoughts on Boogie Nights? Love it, man. I I'm glad we got to revisit it. Um, I had watched this a couple years ago, just out of the out of the blue. It's actually on Netflix now, uh, for the listeners. Um, but no, it's just a, a great film. It's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's coming out party, man. This is like this guy's gonna make some movies, and he's gonna, you know, obviously uh, garner uh, Oscar winning with uh, you know Daniel Day Lewis and stuff like that moving forward. But uh, no, this guy's just fantastic uh, director. Um, his stuff that he does is is really solid um and i like i said i'm a big fan of the the whole uh oh man it's just this whole entire star-studded cast you have in this film man you know from julianne moore you know to burt reynolds to you know uh mark Wahlberg, alfred molina don Cheadle, philip seymour hoffman i mean it goes on and on and on and on and on you know um just fantastic uh i love the soundtrack i said it before the you know before we went into the review i think the soundtrack really just is, is fantastic it's just perfect for that 70s 80s that just the 70s transitioning into the 80s it's just perfect um and this is a film you could watch over and over again man i think you could take different stuff out of it each time you watch it absolutely uh like it's like we talked about during the film i think it's, i think the movie's excellent yeah uh, again phenomenal, phenomenal cast a lot of a lot of actors here doing career best level right yeah I, I mean, it's a great analysis of the psychology of porn, also like the community that goes around making adult films. Yeah. I, I don't think it gets brought up enough in the conversation of movies about making movies because, yeah, you have that great community. You have that, you know, that that intrigue to like how this whole thing works. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have, this, this great, you have like this great cast, great, mad moments, great writing. It's just this, I think is, this is his second movie. I still think it's one of his best. I was going to say, this is probably one of the, I, I would throw this up. It's, it's a wrestle between that and there will be blood up there, man. It's, 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 they're, it's pretty for sure. But yeah, it's going to do it for us. Or else we're going to go our plugs more head up. Yeah. Notorious by chance on Facebook is the group. Go ahead and uh, get there. Um, we'll end up putting uh, polls up again. Eventually, obviously uh, had some. It's going to be a poll. Yeah. We had shit going on. That stuff going on. COVID happens, you know, you, you're traveling abroad, things happen, man. But we're back. Um, and you guys can also find us on YouTube, which I talked to Chance. We, we, we're really going to get that fired up. I want to do that. Um, so YouTube, Notorious by Chance. Uh, we'll be putting new content up soon. I found my Twitter Instagram at Chance Boris underscore 91. And yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, so we'll be getting done next week uh, for another fantastic installment of Action Star Summer.
Uh-oh. We already did that one. <laughs> I know. I just want to close the for action, man. <laughs> See you next time.